Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the reunion of Final Fantasy VII Remake Podcast. I am your host, Kai, and joining me again today is my co-host, Viz. How are you doing, Viz? I'm pretty good today, thank you. And for a change, no headaches. Not even yesterday, not the day before. I'm pretty good this week. Thanks. How about you? Yay! You're hydrated. (laughs) Yes, I am. I drank my tea and I have my bottle of water right beside me. Nice. I'm doing good. I've just been really diving into some Elden Ring. Uh, Finally, I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima. And I just love both of those games. They're so incredible. And I just, I kind of was playing Elden Ring for a bit and I stopped because it was so difficult, which is what happened to me when I played Bloodborne. I kind of just like stopped, reflected, and then came back to it, which after I was actually really happy that I did go back to it because it ended up being like one of my favorite games on PS4. So something similar to that happened with Elden Ring. So finally, I'm kind of, getting into it and I've leveled up a lot and I'm just starting to um, really dive into it and I really love it so far. Have you tried it yet? Uh, Not yet. It's not quite my type of game. I only Mm. played a little bit of Bloodborne until the second boss for the Gascoin and lost a couple of times and then something else Mm -hmm. came up and then I didn't get back to it. Okay. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm a completionist, so I really dedicate my time, my effort into one single game. And most games I I play are like 50, 60, whatever hours long. Mm -hmm. See Trails of of Cold Steel, Trails in the Sky series, and Final Fantasy and everything. So it takes quite a while to play through. And I I would have a gigantic backlog if I tried to play every game I'm interested in. So I have to cut my losses and prioritize unfortunately yeah i totally hear you there same thing with me it's just an issue of time to sink into all of these amazing games like horizons of Dawn, yes. forbidden west i haven't even gotten that game yet same <laughs> because i just don't have time you know but and now it's like oh my gosh i'm diving into elden ring it's gonna be so it's gonna take so long oh yeah but i'm just gonna do it i just i really am loving it so and going from that to ghost of Tsushima, as well like that game is a totally different experience which is really good but then sometimes i'll get tired of playing that and i'm like i'll go play some elden ring you know what i mean Mm. so yeah ghost of tsushima is also on my list but not uh has doesn't have such a high priority so Mm. i don't know when i'm gonna play this but after trails in the sky second chapter uh horizon forbidden west certainly will be on the table Mm -hmm. yeah you'll get to it yes eventually (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, so the best way to support us here is to like, sub, and share the podcast. If you haven't already done so, go to our YouTube channel and you can subscribe to us. We do post our episodes to our YouTube channel. And also, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, so for the news section for today's episode, we'll actually be talking about the recent state of play. And that happened, I think it was on March the 9th. And then we'll also be talking about uh, that whole Chocobo GP fiasco, because as we know, Square Enix, there's a lot of fiascos that happen there. Let's just say that. They are not not shy to fiascos. And we'll also be talking about The First Soldier, which is now in season two. Our main discussion topic for this episode is actually about transfer of progression for part two of the remake and the subsequent parts depending on, obviously, how many parts we'll actually end up getting. 
Uh, more specifically, we'll dive into how can this be done? Integration into the story, how and what should transfer, if anything, and what other possibilities there are other than a full transfer or maybe no transfer at all. <laughs> so <laughs> really excited to actually dive into this topic with you uh, today, Viz, because I think that we kind of mentioned it on a previous episode, but we haven't really taken time to really dive into um, this discussion topic and kind of, you know, give our opinions and our thoughts um, about, you know, what that could look like. So really excited. Yeah, same. I'm also really excited about it. I started uh, scripting a video. I think I even finished the video script, mm. but then state of play happened uh, mm-hmm. when the the uh, first advertisement campaign started for for remake again in 2019, mm-hmm. and I just had to drop it and go make a trailer analysis. <laughs> and it it just sat there on my hard drive, and I thought, well, if I'm not being able to my my crap together and released this separately on, yeah. on my channel then i thought well why not talk about it here yeah that's a great idea yeah well thank you so much for being so generous and no worries. to talk about this <laughs> <laughs> all right guys so moving on here we're talking about the news so sony state of play all right so it was focused on japanese publishers so people got really excited thinking that we were going to get some final fantasy 16 news and nope, we did not nope. get any Final Fantasy 16 news. I was there, full clown makeup on, just like everybody else. Uh, but I, I wasn't surprised that we didn't get anything. Yeah, same. But I was hoping, I was hoping there was like a glimmer of hope. But then, you know, we've talked about this before on previous episodes, you know, what we think the timeline for release of Final Fantasy 16 is. And for them to give us information at this State of play just didn't really make sense with what we've been saying, which is probably early summer release. And then we're going to hear about it a little bit before that, which is what they've said. Basically, they're not going to show it until it's ready and close to be released. Exactly. So, and also, I think that Yoshi P had said something about we'll see it in the spring or something like that. And then people were thinking, you know, in Japan, spring starts a little earlier than. I guess, in North America. So they're like, oh, it's March 9th. March is spring. Well, technically, it's still actually winter until March 20th here anyway in North America. But um, I think that kind of gave people some false hope, maybe that we were going to see this or get some news finally, but we didn't get anything, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm personally not not so sad about it because I still Mm -hmm. have other things to do than that. Um going through a trailer or a teaser or information yeah. or anything like that. So um, I'm glad that they hopefully uh, are going to release or show something by the end of the spring, like, I don't know, late May or yes. something. I could live yeah. with that. Well, I checked the dates for spring, and the last day of spring, I think, is June 21st. So oh, June even is June. still okay. considered spring. <laughs> Here, anyway, in North America, I think, but I don't know what it's like in japan so i don't know similar latitude i think so it should be similar but it depends i guess Mm -hmm. don't know uh, from the top of my head well you know what i I was okay with it i think it was a long shot that we got anything uh final fantasy 16 related news especially part two like there's no way that we were gonna get any oh yeah no no way (laughs) 
But when I saw Japanese publishers, I was like, okay, well, definitely Square Enix is going to be showing something. And I was kind of, you know, hoping for 16, but here we are. So what we did get was we got a few revealed trailers for a few new IPs that Square has been working on. Uh, we did get another trailer for Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, and a new gameplay demo, which we will be talking about a little bit later in the episode. We did get an update, I think an updated trailer of Forspoken. I think that it does look better. And obviously, it was recently announced that the game's been delayed, I think, by six months. September or October 10th or mm -hmm. something? Don't quite remember, yeah. but it was October, pretty sure. Well, I thought that it looked a lot better than the last time that they showed it to us, but I can tell that like, it would still benefit from being delayed a little bit longer, in my opinion, but I am excited for this game. I think that it has the opportunity to be a really great game. I, I just like the style. I like the characters so far that they've showed us. I think that the, I guess you would call it like action or battle system, whatever, it looks really cool. I'm really excited for this one. Yeah, battle system for sure. This is uh, something that really interests me and intrigues me. Stories, mm -hmm. character, not quite warmed up yet, but oh. the world and the uh, like, the, the mystery, the lore and battles and exploration, that's something I'm interested in. But I need to see more. Like, but when it's close yeah, to same. release, I'm maybe uh, going back to the trailers. Maybe read or watch some uh, preview or review or something just to get the feel mm -hmm. of it and then decide. I do like the banter so far between the characters and I think that the voice actor for the main character has done a good job so far from what we've seen with the trailers. So that kind of intrigues me and excites me a little bit. I don't know the background of the story and I don't know anything really about the characters, but what they've shown us so far, I do like the way that they communicate together and it's kind of like it's not taking itself too seriously which i really like oh, yeah. i like that having a break from if it's kind of like this dire story and it's dark and whatever i like to have that broken up where it's like okay it's not taking itself too seriously i do like that so yeah it it kind of feels feels like that that it's uh it it airs a little bit on on the comical side a little bit mm -hmm. like uh Yes, we know it's it's a bit funky, but we we lean into it. I really hope this is the case because if if it's involuntarily funny, then I don't see much much yeah, um, exactly yeah much success in the story department. But I do agree that the the uh, the interaction between the main character and her arm bracelet ghost yeah, it's like a robot spirit. or something isn't it? i don't know what it is but uh <laughs> yeah this uh, this one is really intriguing it mm -hmm. kind of has a little bit of uh, uh wetly vibes from portal 2 just not as mm -hmm. crazy <laughs> yeah also like a little bit sarcastic and stuff but yeah i'm looking forward to it definitely all right and moving on here square enix showed a trailer of valkyrie elysium which is a sequel actually in the Valkyrie a series to Valkyrie Profile. And I think that this looks really good, in my opinion. I, I'm really digging the combat, the style of the game, the art style. I think out of everything that they've shown, I think this is the most excited I am for out of everything that, they, that Square showed. I haven't played Valkyrie Profile before, so this is kind of a new glimpse of this franchise i guess or this series for me so i don't really have any 
you know, expectations or preconceived notions like kind of going into it, which might help. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it seems like it's a little divided because people that have played Valkyrie profile that I've seen online have been kind of saying that this doesn't look good and they're being kind of negative towards it. So oh. I'm interested to see how it's going to turn out, but I think that it looks great and I'm interested. So yeah, same actually, but I did play the first and the second one, but not finished either of those, unfortunately, mm. but I, I think I, I've gone in pretty far. Um, but it's for the first two games. I don't quite, I haven't really uh, watched trailer again or uh, analyze it so mm-hmm. i don't quite know if it's if it plays the same as the first two or if it's a little bit more action oriented it looks from from my memory it looks a little bit more action oriented which i don't mind yeah but in general it's uh i'd say it's a very unconventional game especially the mm. first valkyrie profile and and uh, valkyrie profile 2 silmarion silmarillion sil i don't remember <laughs> Something with S. The first, the the the, the remastered version of the first one is is called Leneth, which is the name of of the Valkyrie. And I think in the second one, it's uh, also the name of the Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. But it it's usually it's um you're in a two, on a two D plane gameplay wise. It's it's rendered three D. The second one, the first one is sprite based. But you it's it's kind of like a, a platformer. Of sorts. Oh, okay. But then when you uh, touch an enemy, you go into a separate um, mm. battle arena, like any okay. other JRPG. And then you have to do on, on your controller, the face buttons are uh, mapped to each of your Einherjar. Those are the uh, the fallen the fallen uh, fighters or uh, knights from uh, okay. battles which the Valkyrie uh, brought back to Valhalla to use for other battles. Or I think for preparation to, for the uh, the apocalypse, and you can use or choose four of your Einherjar to battle, and then you just uh, tell like the first one to to attack with circle, and the second one to attack with mm. X, or something like that. It's it's very interesting. It's very unconventional indeed. But it has been a while, so I'm pretty bad at explaining it because it's. I think it really has been four, five, six years, or even even more. Hmm. No, it has to be more because Valkyrie Profile Two came out on the PS2, if I'm, if I'm oh remember correctly, or was it on the PS3? No, I think two. My memory is a little bit fuzzy on that, but you can all you you guys can correct us on on comments or wherever you want to, or on that Discord server. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks pretty good. Looks good. I'm I'm interested. Yeah, I'm curious because I think what they showed us was probably the battles after you, like, touch an enemy and then you go into a battle arena because it looked empty. So it looked like you were battling an enemy, but there's no... I couldn't see any NPCs in the area. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? So it doesn't really look like... So it could be that that's what they showed us. They didn't show us, like, you know, the normal environments where Mm. if you're walking and it's like a top-down... Is it like a top-down isometric kind of sprite you know what i'm saying is it kind of like um octopath traveler when you're like looking down and then the characters are like sprite like or are they 3d well the old ones the the first one yes but not top down it's really a side scroller basically when you when when you're in a dungeon and 
I think you can fly around on on the uh, the world map, which is basically a, a Final Fantasy like overworld, and you're mm-hmm. flying around and go to places. Okay. The dungeons are side scroller platformer, and yeah, when mm. you touch an enemy, it transfers you into the um, right. battle arena, and that's it. It could be that they're still keeping this formula. I hope so because it's I think it's really unique and should should continue mm-hmm. because otherwise this formula will probably be lost to time. <laughs> I wouldn't want that. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm excited to see where this goes. I think that it looks great. So we'll see. All right. And the next game that they did show is the Diofield Chronicle, which looks like a Final Fantasy Tactics game. And I think that they showed the title of the game at the end. So people were a little confused and got excited thinking it was Final Fantasy Tactics. But um, I am really interested in this game as well. For me, I... I'm not really good at those types of games. I played Final Fantasy Tactics. Wasn't the greatest at it, but I did enjoy what I played. But I'm not one of those people who, like, that's their thing. You know what I mean? A lot of people, like, that's their genre of game, and they live for those type of games. Mm. Same thing with Fire Emblem. So it's like those type of games. Like, honestly, I, I played Fire Emblem. It wasn't for me. I didn't really like it. But this looks really cool. I think it's a combination of, it looks turn-based, but then it also kind of looks 3D, but not like 2D sprites like Octopath Traveler or... Triangle Strategy, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's actually like the, world's, the world is 3D, but it's top-down isometric, kind of in the style of the Octopath Traveler and Final Fantasy Tactics. So I'm interested. You know, I, I'll, I'll try anything. You know what I mean? I might not be really good at it, but we'll see. We'll see. My problem is finding time to play all of these games, right? So I would be willing to try it. I just don't know if I have the time to get into it. So we'll see. But I'm excited. Exactly the same for me. I I once played uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, the Game Boy Advance version, mm-hmm. which is a little bit different, I think, from the PlayStation version. And I think I finished it. I've I remember battling final boss material, but it's been a while, so I don't mm. quite remember. I think I did. And it was interesting, for sure. It's a uh, tactics approach. is uh, It's very uh, intriguing because there are so many options. You really have to think strategically. Does the game tactics? You have you have your mm-hmm. you have to have your uh, your tactics uh, aligned and think strategically at uh, in each uh, turn and. If you attack from behind, it does more damage than from the front, but you also need to look out that you don't expose your back to the others, and mm-hmm. the height is also important. Like, if, you, if you're on a, on a higher platform than the others, or yeah. on a higher tile, then you'd also deal more, more damage and stuff, especially with archers. And there are so many things to, to look out for, and it's, it's very, very cool um, gameplay design, basically, if you do, do it right. And Tactics did it, but problem is time and mm-hmm. priorities and maybe i will go look into it at some point mm-hmm. but uh i personally prefer normal jrpgs whether they they are um atb based or turn, yeah. uh, real turn based games like trail the trails games or all the fine fantasies or even action 
like remake or Final yeah. Fantasy 15. I don't really mind that much which one, as long as the battle feels good. That's why I really, really love remake and not so much the battle system of 15, but 15 shine in yeah. other ways. Um, in the end, it's about the journey. And if a yeah. game is so much gameplay focused, I need to be in the headspace of wanting to play this uh, this uh, this battle mm-hmm. system or this uh, type of gameplay. And with tactics, I really need to get into it. So this means I I need to have uh, space in my time, in my head, in my uh, motivation to play games. To say, okay, now I'm switching to to tactics game, and then really dig into it. Otherwise, it will be probably a bit yeah. uh, difficult. And I don't want to switch between different games. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I'm so bad with that already with the current games that we have where I will play a game for a little bit and I won't finish it because then I'll get distracted and I'll start playing something else because this new game came out or something like that and then I never go back and finish it. Like, exactly. I already have that problem and it seems like it's just going to get worse. So yeah, we'll see what happens. But I think that it looks really cool and I think it's going to satisfy that, you know, group of people who really enjoy these tactic-like games. I'm hoping we'll see, but it looks super interesting, and I think that people are really going to enjoy it. So we'll see. We'll see, definitely, yeah. Uh, One thing to add probably is that those kind of games, I also remember uh, Disgaea being uh, one of those offenders that it just takes so much time to play through because each battle is not just you go in, press a few, a few times, attack, and then you're done when you're grinding and you're uh, yeah. a bit um, stronger than the enemy. Here, you have to think every single time, unless they implement exactly. some sort of auto battle, which kind of defeats the purpose, but sometimes is necessary because you'll just go crazy. <laughs> and this, this Gaia is so, so heavy on that. You have like 9,999 levels and like a billion HP if you're uh, leveled up so much and you can level up each and every item and piece of equipment by going into it and playing through levels which are Mm -hmm. tactics based battle systems it's just crazy and you need to know what you're doing otherwise you'll be sitting there for hundreds of hours which you'll probably do anyway so i don't think ff tactics war was as egregious i could play through it like in maybe 50 60 hours or something and i hope uh, Diofield or Diofield Chronicle and Triangle Strategy are similar that they don't make you play for 100-200 hours for completionists anyway um, so yeah we'll see oh I just remembered also th- doesn't Final Fantasy Tactics have like dialogue and story progression or uh, uh, story points within battles themselves I think I remember something like that especially in the, P- uh, in the PlayStation version that you're not just in in uh, within um, cutscenes and they talk to each other, but also in in battle a little bit, mm-hmm. which which makes sense because battles are so uh, grand, huge, and uh, yeah, yeah. When I played Fire Emblem, I enjoyed what I did play, but I didn't like that if my character died because I made a mistake, then my character is permanently dead. Oh right, yeah. Which you can turn yeah. off, but then it's kind of like. I don't know. Isn't that the whole thing? Like, shouldn't you just not do that? Because then you're just making it so much easier where you don't have to worry about like your choices as much, like your decision making or your strategy. So then I was like, I don't really want to play this and have to turn that off. So then I was disappointed and I was just like, there's so many other games to play. And I was like, I'm not playing this game. (laughs) It's just not for me. 
Yeah. No, permadeath. I'm not not a fan of permadeath uh, unless mm. it's really intrinsic to the gameplay, to the to gameplay uh, how, how it's how it's built. Like, yeah. uh, was it like Rogue something Rogue? Uh, it's it's a side scroll platformer. Like, uh, I think it's almost infinite. Mm. Rogue Legacy, it is right. Rogue Legacy. It's it's a pix- I think a pixel based um, or or a, a vector based graphic style. I think it's pixel. Then you play as just some knight or some whatever. I think it's even random generated what what their strengths and weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. Then you play through. If you die, they die permanently, but you retain, I think, certain points or certain items. You retain something, and then you play as their uh, descendant, like son or daughter or whatever. And each time you start a little bit uh, stronger. Oh, I see. So, the permadeath is not like you lose something. It's just like yeah. you died and then you try again, but uh, then you maybe you're you have a stronger attack but weaker defense, or the other way around. But it, in the end, you're always a little bit better each time. Yeah, it's also a, pre- a pretty cool uh, concept. But if if you just uh, ca- can recruit anybody and then you 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 like a certain character and then mm-hmm. they die in the in battle and are permanently dead, then it's that I don't I don't like that either. Yeah, and then you're not getting the story of those characters; they're just gone forever. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like I wouldn't have time to replay it just to make sure that character lives, so I would get that. It makes sense. It is real and raw and rough. Mm-hmm. It's like war, and if people die, they die. It makes sense, and I understand that maybe the story also incorporates that. But for from a gameplay perspective, from a, a gamer, if you're yeah. not this invested in it, then it's probably just annoying. Yeah. All right, so really quickly here, we did get uh, the reveal for some other games. So there's a game called Exoprimal, which has dinosaurs and uh, <laughs> robots, right? Which looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's heavily inspired by Dino Crisis, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, people thought it was Dino Crisis, yeah. but it's a different game. But it looks cool. I think that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to love that game. Let's hope so. I don't think I'm going to play it because it's just not for me. Same. Ghostwire Tokyo looks really cool. They also showed Gundam Evolution, which is, for me, Overwatch with robots. (laughs) And I really like Overwatch, so this could be something that I might be interested in trying. And then we also got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Collection, which... I'm really stoked about. Oh, same here. I love that. Played those games growing up. So yeah. <laughs> just having them, you know, accessible again and available for you to play yep. now, you know, like we've been talking about, I think we mentioned this on previous episode as well, where we're seeing this kind of preservation happening where we're getting re-releases of older games, which is great because it's just keeping them preserved. You know what I mean? Yeah, where exactly. We can still access them now so they don't just die into obscurity and we never get to play them ever again and you know we can't find those consoles that the games were originally released on we'd never be able to experience them again so i'm liking this and i'm i'm really excited to play this i feel like i'm going to be reminded that like it's probably the controls are probably really bad (laughs) (laughs) probably yeah But it's gonna be so good because it's just gonna get i'm gonna get that nostalgia hit like mm. yeah I do remember that there was uh, like a, a new 
New Age version of of one of the old uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles game. I don't remember oh. how it's called. Something with a uh, time. I don't quite remember. Oh, but for the PS3, Turtles in time I think. Or something. Yeah, I think so. It could be. It it was. I think still. Um, 2D and I don't think it was 3D rendered. It was uh, sprite based, yeah. but high resolution, like HD. Mm-hmm. I played it with uh, with my roommate. It's it's really really good. It was was fun to play, like back then, mm-hmm. but with uh, like not eight, n- not the 230 by 200, yeah. uh, 330, 320 by 240 pixels, but actually HD, full HD. It was good. It was good. But still, it was yeah. the same feeling as back then. To just uh, sit on the couch and uh, mow, mow, mow through or mow through mm-hmm. the, all the enemy lines <laughs> and get your ass handed to you by <laughs> Bebop and Rocksteady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like uh, DuckTales as well. They did like a yes, exactly. um, remaster of DuckTales and it was really good. But yeah. it also reminded me like how frustrating games were back then. <laughs> oh, you yeah. know, because it really is difficult and tests mm-hmm. your patience and they did improve the controls but a lot of those games just are just really hard to control especially those platformers on the original nes and super nintendo and stuff and going back and playing those mario games now just seem impossible to me i don't know about anybody else but anyway i think mario games are pr- still uh, pretty good they do hold up and also Mega Man games i still love to play them right like really the original ones from the for the Game Boy and mm-hmm. Nintendo and Super Nintendo are still fun to play through and really tight controls but it of course it doesn't quite feel as uh, yeah as new but it's it, it's still I th- I think those still hold up because that's why they were so great back then they already played well I don't know how I don't know dude but I played them on I played them like I don't know in the last 5 years Okay. And uh, I was really bad at them. And I felt like the controls were not um, tight. I just felt like it was, there was like latency between the controller and the oh, console. And I was jumping at the wrong time. And like, I, oh. it was bad, dude. I was like, how did I ever beat this as a child? Because I remember actually beating it. <laughs> I, I don't remember any latency. Like the original oh. Mario. Yeah. Or oh. Mario, whatever you want. Mario, Mario, potato, potato. Mario. Titus, Titus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. All right. So the next game we got was Gigabash. And then we also got JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R. I think it's a remaster or a remake of All-Star Battle, which is a uh, JoJo's uh, fighting game, which people were really excited about. Oh, yeah. And then we also got Trek to Yomi, which looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Art style is phenomenal in that game, I, f- I feel. Mm-hmm. Really good. And then Returnal Ascension, which is basically, I think it's a free DLC for Returnal that allows co-op. Yes, co-op, and I think a new biome. Yeah, a new area. So Or a new area, yeah. Yeah, people are really excited about that. Yes. I did not play Returnal yet, because there's so many other games to play, and I got my PlayStation 5 late. So <laughs> it's one of those games that's like, you know what I mean? Like in my back catalog of games that mm-hmm. I will play eventually. Pile of shame. <laughs> yeah. But that came out early to the release of the console. So when I first bought it, I was like, am I going to get Returnal or am I going to get Demon Souls or am I going to get uh, Ratchet and Clank or something like that? I don't remember, but I did get Demon Souls, which I only got so far. And then I was playing other games. So 
like uh, Intergrade came out. So I'm like, I'm getting yes. that. So then I dove into that. And then I just, you know, and also Returnal is kind of like Hades, right? Where you die, you die, and then you get more and you level up more as you go. And that mm-hmm. I do like that to a certain extent. But then it, I get, it, it just gets overwhelming. And I'm like, okay, I'm tired of this. I have to take a break and go play something else. So that as well as all the good other games that are amazing that have come out for ps5 i'm like i don't know what i'm gonna get returnal maybe when it's like really cheap on sale (laughs) i'll just pick it up and play it eventually when there's nothing to play on ps5 yeah it's a little bit of a shame but it's kind of the same here also the the game is not something i really really want to play but i would be interested if i had some some spare time just uh, look Mm -hmm. into it and, and see if i feel it if i yeah want to keep playing because i hear it's uh it's kind of a little bit of a bullet hellish which i technically yes. like because i loved that those parts in near automata some hated mm-hmm. hated them i loved those parts and also there are, um maybe you know them there there's a, a I, th- I think a single guy developer who creates created numerous uh, bullet hell games like those top down uh, from below oh. to above shooters yeah. which is basically only boss battles. Like, so an anime girl boss battle stuff, and it's yeah. so crazy, but it's really fun to play. I played, I think, one or two of them on a PC. And really good music as well. Music is phenomenal in those those games. So Bulletel is not the issue. But maybe I will get frustrated because sometimes yeah. I just want to relax and play a little and then I don't don't have the, uh, the capacity or the, the mm-hmm. energy to to play such a, an intense game and then die and yeah. die over and over again. So that's probably why I won't pick it up, but yeah, it's still, it's still of interest. It's especially I heard that the story is pretty good, even if there's not like a huge story, but uh, the story uh, parts in between levels and where it leads to is uh, very interesting. It's like Elden Ring, right? It's punishing those Souls-like games, yeah. but it's a different style Mm. and i prefer those because i am learning from dying and then i come back to it but i can especially elden ring like i can explore a new area i don't have to uh fight that specific boss i can leave and Mm. fall down a hole and be you know in some cave and then explore there and come back to that other area and try it again after i've leveled up like Mm. that is more for me Mm. i feel that's fair yeah you know yeah I'll definitely pick it up eventually. Um, I don't know if I have mentioned this on this podcast already, but I really, really loved um, Celeste. This is also a punishingly mm. hard game at, in some levels, especially if you mm-hmm. don't know how to progress. But if you die, like not even a second later, you can try again. It's, it's like screen-based. You go into a screen and then you have to oh. find out how to get through there. Or how mm-hmm. to avoid the enemy and stuff. So it's yeah. checkpoints are really well placed and fair. Usually there are yeah. some some areas, some boss battles that are longer. So then when you die, you have to start from the beginning. But other than that, it's just die, try again, die, try again, die, try again. Just push through, push through, and it really works so well. And the gameplay is tight and looks gorgeous. Really mm-hmm. great pixel art, and uh, the protagonist is endearing, and even in game it's it's uh climbing a mountain and this is exactly how the gameplay feels like mm. you just try to get up get up slide down again try to get up and that's that that's what i really liked and i think 
this is what turned me off uh, with Bloodborne because when I die mm. against a boss, then it gets set back to the previous uh, checkpoint or save point. Yeah. And since I don't re- uh, retain what I lost or get back what I lost, I lose everything. So if I have not enough uh, healing potions or Molotov cocktails or whatever, then I need to farm a little bit again. If I, even if I don't, if I have enough, I need to run up to the boss again, again and again. And this is just not fun because I can't mm. just try again and try again and try again and get into the flow of things. I just get thrown out of the gaming flow each time. And when I reach the boss again, I might have a bad start and then I just die prematurely and then I have to run up to the boss in, uh, for five minutes again. It's just not fun for me, this type of gameplay. Yeah, the worst part is because you lose your runes yes. or your souls or whatever you yeah, use that to well. level up your character or you need those as well. It's like in-game currency as well because you need yeah. to use it to upgrade your weapons. Yeah. You don't lose your weapons or your equipment or anything which is nice, but mm. if you don't pick them back up and you die on your way to uh, the boss battle, let's mm. say you drop them there, then you, get, you don't get anything back, which is yeah, that's true. That's really true. unfortunate. Yeah. But what I've been trying to do is like I use them all up before I go into a, a boss fight. Oh, yeah. That if I know... That's what I did as well, yeah. Like I use it, but... And then also you can run past usually all of the... Uh, if there's enemies like on your way to the boss fight, oh, yeah, I usually sure. just dodge and run f- yeah. <laughs> really fast past it because I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to try to fight you again, you know, but yeah. I understand what you're saying. It would be nice to have an option actually where you could just be like, retry the battle, like yeah, from exactly. this battle or something like that, where you don't have to go back to the the checkpoint or whatever. But Elden Ring does have two things now. It has like a stake of America or you can respawn back to the grace which is essentially like the checkpoint so it's mm. like a little there's a little statue like closer to the boss that you can mm, I see, respond yeah. to instead but yeah i hear you then i'm just like i'm done i just like take a break i'm like I, yeah. i'm done now so then i just turn it off exactly and then something but, yeah. else came up and then uh, yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> all right so moving on here quickly we're going to talk about Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. It's out. So thoughts. So I'm going to give you my thoughts because I played the new demo on PS5 again and I thought that it looked terrible, (laughs) which was very distracting. And then I uninstalled it immediately um, because I played the other two demos, which I did enjoy the gameplay, which I talked about on previous episodes, and the job system, uh, the loot system. I really enjoyed because you can just grind loot right? Which I mm-hmm. really like that aspect, which is great. But funny story, I did actually pick it up for PC because mm. I got a Epic Game Store gift card for my birthday, which was a few weeks ago. Oh, nice. I'm not going to talk about it because yeah. <laughs> a bunch of stuff happened and we already <laughs> talked about it previously before we started recording. It was a whole thing. Anyway, so I'm like, I'm just going to get it, whatever. So I modified my system settings, my graphic settings. So it actually runs okay for my computer, and it's like a nine-year-old computer. So, oh, yeah, I turned off like dynamic resolution, which essentially just changes the resolution instead of like on the fly, right? If you're yeah. gonna have slowdown or there's FPS issues, it's gonna change the resolution, so mm-hmm. there's no slowdown there, there's no frames lost. I actually turned that off because 
if you leave it on, it just makes the, like the whole thing look blurry. Yeah. It's like it's bugged or something. Like it's just, it's always, when you turn it on, it's like always running at a very low resolution. It's not actually being dynamic. Like it's watching really YouTube bizarre. videos or Netflix uh, shows uh, with a yeah. bad internet connection. <laughs> yeah, but it's really smooth. But then the cutscenes look like trash. I mean, they're, they should have spent more time on this, honestly. But I think I get what they were going for. You know what I mean? Mm. Which was this kind of like meme game, trashy. They didn't really care as much about what it looked like. Also, it's not developed by Square Enix, right? Right, yeah. So... The Neo games were developed by Team Ninja, which also kind of have this similar style. Like, they, they don't look as bad as this, though, because I have played those, the Neo games. But yeah, anyway, I got it looking pretty good. I actually turned HDR off because I, it was, like, broken as well. Like, it just made everything look super saturated. And, like, I turned that off. And it actually looks pretty good. So it's been running fine. I've only had a few times where it slowed down a little bit. So, but I'm really into Elden Ring right now. So I'm not going to be playing this game for, for a while. But I'm, I'll just drop in and out and, you know, play it kind of just for fun and see um, how ridiculous it is. So far, it's pretty ridiculous. But it's just, the combat's good. And the job system's good. It's just really grindy. And I like those games where you have to grind for your loot you know it's more loot based like diablo or mm. something like that like i love those games right like that's for me and i do really like how they incorporated the job system i think that it's really split right now there's a lot of people that hate it and a lot of people that like it and people that can get past the visual um issues with it and then people that are like they literally just were like i can't deal with this <laughs> yeah. which is was my friend because i showed my friend He's like, I just don't understand it. Like, I don't. Why would I play this when I can play so many other games that just are better? Even, yes, the gameplay is good, but. If you're a visual person, then it's probably not for you, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. I picked it up, so. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I personally don't. I'm not too worried about. Something that doesn't look as good as as long as the, the, the visual style is passable, and it doesn't <clears throat> like uh, have frame stutters all over the place or other uh, graphical yeah. errors and pop-ins and weird uh, texture glitches. If it if it's just not as pretty or not as sharp, then I don't quite mind because if mm-hmm. the gameplay is phenomenal or just way above average, then I think well, yeah. then the game is is fine. It, it plays well. It's smooth, it's fun, then I don't really care. But uh, when it doesn't look as good and the gameplay is also questionable or not that fun to play, then it's the no-go, of course. But I heard good things about the gameplay. Yeah, the story is kind of, I don't know yet, because I'm still very early in the game. So for me, it's more the story and the gameplay than the graphics, I guess, is the most important thing. Yeah, But after having played Integrade, on PS5 and then playing that demo, like I was like, I just fair. <laughs> I'm like, how how can I go from playing Integrate, which looks so good, right? And then go and play this game. Like I just was finding it really difficult, but I grabbed it for PC and it already looks a lot better on my PC. So I'm gonna stick with it. Yeah. Do you know by chance which engine they use, Team Ninja? 
I don't know. Like an internal engine or Unity or something? Because that would be I'm also interesting. Sure. I didn't look yeah. it up before, unfortunately. I think that they're going to continuously patch this game, so those yeah, issues hope will so. hopefully be fixed. But I just wrote here on the notes that I just... I hate that we're heading this direction where we're getting released games that are just going to be patched later. Yeah, And it's like a full price game. And I mean, it's been that way for a while, but it just seems like it's just getting even worse. That's why I really hope that Forspoken will be a finished game and feel yeah. like a finished game when it comes out after this mm-hmm. half a year delay. Yeah. I really hope so. Otherwise, <laughs> no. There's no saving Luminous uh, Productions, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so moving on here, Season 2 of The First Soldier has started. I have not had time to dive in yet. I did update the app, and I uh, updated, like, downloaded the assets inside the game. I looked at some of the sets. They look really cool. I haven't played any matches in a while because I've just been so busy with other things, so I really want to start playing this again. And I know that we talked about potentially doing a more uh, The First Soldier-centered or focused episode, so gonna have to kind of get into it a little bit a little bit more before we do that Mm. and what did you think about uh season two did you kind of look at it uh i personally i don't really look at it actively but passively because in our discord Mm -hmm. server uh there's especially one person who plays it uh intensely who keeps uh, posting all the news and Mm -hmm. tweets and uh, new infos new uh, outfits and stuff and that's where i basically get my picture from this game and it's it gets constant updates especially in the um, outfit department and mm-hmm. i think the newest ones are minerva very mm-hmm. interesting curious <laughs> genesis very interesting curious so if anything anybody thought his likeness or at least the main design would be an issue Mm-hmm. Probably not. Well, and and I think uh, the uh, his face can also be altered or designed in a way that it doesn't uh, resemble Gact. So I don't think it right. would be a, a problem if they want to use him in remake. And they also need to use him in Ever Crisis, of course. But that's more chibi style. So I, well, not in battle. In battle is also uh, kind of dis- discount remake style graphic. Graphic-wise. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that it's no issue. So if anybody's holding on to the thought that Genesis won't appear anywhere in uh, the subsequent remake parts because of licensing issues or likeness issues, don't hold your breath. <laughs> yeah, but they might just ask Gact for his permission or whatever. Maybe. Could be. Why or not? they just design him in a way that it doesn't interfere yeah. with uh, the but contract or with anything. I don't know. Gact isn't performing because of health issues, so mm. let's, you know, employ him, give him some money. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, you never know what happens. I personally don't really mind, as yeah. long as they don't shove him into our faces, reciting Loveless all the time, then I don't mm-hmm. really mind, because I didn't dislike the character, I just disliked his performance in some scenes. It was just too much in Crisis yeah. Core. But in general, his, his story is very tragic, actually. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think his story or his character was was badly 
written at least in concept it was more to the execution yeah. that uh, suffered a little bit and execution is what was really hit and miss in uh, square enix games especially final fantasy games uh, final fantasy 13 execution rather bad <laughs> concepts and <laughs> graphics and gameplay really good besides yeah. a few hiccups but yeah and presentation and uh in in the remake is as we talked about extensively is Comparatively, really, really good, I feel. So, it's just something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. But uh, back to the first soldier, this is mostly just gameplay focused. I think story wise, we only have those uh, intro movies for each yeah. season, if I remember correctly. And those are basically either just setting up this uh, 30 years in the past when a soldier program started and some other. Scenes which we already know from the original, like Hojo mm-hmm. um, killing Gast, which I think also happened. Wait, it ha- it didn't happen thirty years ago because Aerith would be over thirty by by now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I pr- I probably should look a little bit more into it, but I I just don't have the time, or I I mostly also don't remember to look into it. So. I think for the next time when we have certain um, games on the docket here, which we talk about, I try to find a time to look into them a little bit yeah. more, to talk about them more, That's um, okay. let's say, more competently. <laughs> because <laughs> this is, I think it's uh, much more fun for the listeners. But I try, I try. So yeah, let, okay. let us know if I, if I should go really ham on everything and i'll try <laughs> if you don't care if, if if you're content with me just rambling about it i'm also content with it, keeping doing it <laughs> so let us know well i usually do research and just kind of try to find um the information so that you know i'm in the loop about things yeah. and then we Makes share sense. it and you give your opinion yeah all right so moving on here the chocobo gp fiasco so, Chocobo GP was released in early March, and I really wanted to play this game. Um, I don't have my Switch anymore, which is unfortunate, so I don't think that I'm going to be able to play it unless they, you know, release like a multi-platform uh, version of this game, which I think they should. But right now what's happening is there's issues with uh, microtransactions and grinding. So I did a little bit of research online. So basically what happened was the game is released and you have to pay full price for the game. But then there are other characters that are locked away behind a paywall like a season pass that you also have to pay for. And then when you buy the season pass, you have to grind for a very, very, very long time to unlock the characters that you want, like Cloud um, or other characters. So people were really upset about this and went online and obviously complained, which props to them because it's absolutely ridiculous. And I totally agree. I understand, you know, making a profit from Square Enix and that sort of thing. But, you know, it's just abuse at this point. Like, why is the game full price if it's just filled with microtransactions? It doesn't make sense. Like, we should have one or the other. You know what I mean? We should have the game is free to play. And then it has a bunch of microtransactions inside in a season pass, kind of like the first soldier, right? But that's even just cosmetics. So there's two ways about this that I think that they could fix it. Here's what they did. So what they did was 
all players, they told all players will get an extra 500 mithril, which is like in-game currency, which that's what you buy. You buy mithril to unlock things like within the game. Starting in season two, mithril is going to be a reward that you get in the prize pass. And then the current XP requirements to level up the prize pass is going to be significantly reduced. It says balance changes won't arrive until season two, and then new courses will be added in season two for all players. But focusing on like the microtransactions and everybody's disappointment with that, I think what they could do is they could change it so that the characters are unlockable, but you can buy the characters. Okay, so like if I want to buy Cloud, I can pay $3.99 or I can pay $5 for Cloud because that's what I want to do. But then if there's cosmetics that can be unlocked, like whether it's, you know, stickers or different paint colors for the vehicle that the characters are driving, like that sort of stuff are unlockables by leveling up the prize pass. So it's not feeling detrimental to the people that just, you know, bought the game outright that might not want to pay for the season pass. You know what I mean? But do you want to buy the characters? So... I just don't know. Like other games, that's what they do. They like it's not like the character, the characters you pay for, like they're you buy them as DLC, but then it's not like you have to unlock the characters by grinding so long. It doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, you'd think they've learned after all this time, after all those other games struggled or well, not struggled, but made the same mistake and had to backpedal a lot. Like I think Destiny had had this problem for a while and other games as well. I think even in uh, in one of the uh, Assassin's, newer Assassin's Creed games, they they were so grindy, and so many other other games, full price games that had microtransactions and even uh, incentives within the game design to buy something because it would take ages otherwise. Also, uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two was also very egregious in that department, and yeah, they also had to reduce prices and stuff. I don't really know what they thought about this, and I I guess they can't use mainline or mainline adjacent Final Fantasy titles to rip off customers because then it would probably re- uh, lose all credibility and lose customers all uh, outright. So they need to to use those side games, let's say smaller side games, to to get. The, the money they want, probably because they thought, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy didn't uh, make as much revenue as they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get in some more money with this game here, and Final Fantasy fourteen still does well, but we don't care about that. We want more. I don't know what's what their um, thought process is, because I'm not a, not a marketing person, I'm not a financial person, I'm not a corporate person, I don't really look into those things. Mm-hmm. It's just from a consumer perspective, but I pers- my personal gripe with those games is, as you said before, if you pay full price for a game, there should be no microtransactions in there. Everything should be unlockable. Maybe you can uh, like add additional content through DLC, like additional um, yeah. characters, additional costumes. Other games do that too, especially JRPGs like... Uh, the Tales games, sometimes exactly. you can just uh, buy like the bathing suit outfits mm-hmm. for $5 or something. It's just if you want to or 
something like that. It's just additional stuff, but it's not in the game and you have to unlock it by buying. And as far as I understand, I haven't played it, I haven't seen it, but the characters are already in there, just locked, and you have to buy them by grinding your mithril, if that's if that's what it is. And yeah, it's just no. You have to buy the season pass after buying the game, Ugh, and then you have to level up the season pass to get Cloud. What the actual yeah. fork? <laughs> <laughs> Fork, knife, and spoon all in one. Seriously. But, like, it has a roster of characters that you can unlock by just playing the game by default. So you don't yeah. need to buy the season pass. But people want Cloud. They want their their, yeah, their exactly. uh, most favorite Final Fantasy characters. Yeah. So in order to do that, it's like you're being punished. It shouldn't be that way. Like, Mario Kart is... Like, they did it right, right? Like, you could buy the characters. It was a pack. And then it came with the character. But also like a course, like a new track mm. and the character. And I think different like colors. I, I can't remember. I haven't played Mario Kart in forever, but I really, really love Mario Kart games. Like one of my favorite racing games um, that Nintendo have made. Like with a Super Smash Brothers, there's a, a yeah. new character DLC with its own stage and own music. And it's just mm-hmm. not there in the beginning, but it comes later. And then you, it's, it's like this live service model. Which I like. But if you don't want to buy those, the yeah. game is still great without it. You exactly. know what I mean? Like you can still use those characters, but it's just unfortunate. So I'm hoping we'll see what they come back with though, because they did apologize, but it just looks like everybody's getting $500, or 500 mithril, sorry, which I don't know what that converts to, to in-game currency, which is probably not enough to buy probably a not. season <laughs> pass. It's probably like half. So then you still have to spend money. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know, but it seems really unfortunate. And I think that the way that I proposed could fix it, where they remove having to buy a season pass to get a character. Just mm. release the characters as payable DLC. Yeah, exactly. Like $5 for Cloud or even $10. But with a new course. Yeah, with a new course. Yeah, and then there's cosmetics that are unlockable and other things by upgrading the season pass that don't affect the gameplay. What are they doing? I honestly don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's it's uh, another instance of the big ask. Like if if yeah. you're if you're um trying to get something, you ask for something egregiously big. Then the other one. Uh, like tries to find you in the middle and the middle is what you actually wanted in the first place but if you ask for what you want in the first place and the others are then still uh, not satisfied then you're you're getting in lower than you wanted to this is uh, with uh, uh, get getting uh, getting a raise for example or even getting your um, your pay your salary up uh, mm-hmm. when you when you start a new job like yeah it's just uh, something that I've learned over the years that you can't just ask for what you actually want. You need to ask for more to get what you actually want. Otherwise, yeah. that's maybe what they were going for. It just went all in with uh, all the egregiousness and didn't really care about the backlash because then you, then they can backpedal and seem like the good guys. Okay, we listen to customer feedback. We hear you. 
we uh, lower the requirements, we give you free Mithril, and then they seem like the good guys, and then they actually have the, the system they wanted in the first place. That's my guess. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that's my take. They should have just went. They should have just went full on one way or the other. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't. They did. They're doing both things. They're charging for a game <laughs> yeah. and then charging again mm. and locking characters behind a paywall, which you have to grind for. Like it's ridiculous. The game should be free to play and it should be on mobile, because I just feel like this is probably fine in Japan because they're so used to playing like mobile games where yeah. it's just gacha games and um, microtransactions which they just play the games on the go and they just spend money and more money on like games that they enjoy, but it's like a mobile game on their phone or something like that. I don't know. I don't want to speak for the people of Japan. They're not a monolith. Like everybody's different, but maybe that would fly more there than it would here. Yeah. But like, I don't know what they were thinking and I hope that they change it. It sounds like they're making improvements. However, I'm rereading this again. It says, starting in season two, Mithra will be, will be a reward in the prize pass. You still have to buy the prize pass to get Mithril as a reward. Huh. Huh. Right? Oh, boy. It's so, it's sad. I really wanted to like this game. I don't even have a Switch, but I really would like to play it if mm. it comes to, like, another platform. But anyways, it's yeah. too bad. Yeah, it's really too bad. It could really be what uh, also be what you said because it's more uh, accepted in Japan. They're always on the go. They that's why uh, mobile games and the Switch is so successful because they most of them don't play at home because they don't have time. They're always um, commuting. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Some probably don't really know what to do with their salary if they uh, they have a large enough salary. I don't know. Maybe. I've, yeah. Yeah. Or it's just uh, Square Enix being greedy again. Yeah, they should just not charge for the game. It should just yeah. be a free download on the eShop or whatever. I think that's probably what, what could save it very easily. That's what they need to do. Yeah. yeah. All right, Viz. So moving on here to our major discussion topic for today's episode, we're talking about the progression transfer between the different parts of Final Fantasy VII Remake. So first off, you're going to start us off here talking about the integration of the progression transfer into the story. Yes. Over one hour in and we finally get to the juicy parts. Apologies for meandering before, but uh, I hope you were entertained nonetheless. <laughs> entertained. It's <laughs> yeah. okay. Um, all right. So with integration to story, I, th- I thought, as I said in the beginning, I thought a lot about that in... Uh, in the beginning of 2019 had a whole script ready of like 17 or 18 pages in mm-hmm. word and said everything sorted out and then i it just just left it there <laughs> because of other reasons so now let's get into it um the most i think the most important point to keep in mind is it's one complete story but has multiple games it's not like final fantasy 13 that was a finished game and then the next one came out and uh, had a new story or a, a sequel story and new system or upgrade battle system, say, same for Lightning Returns or also Final Fantasy X-2. Here, everything is already there. We already know the story. We already know what to expect in general. Not the details, because they will change more and more, I suppose. But this is... Uh, yeah, we have to look at this from a different angle. So, what I start out with when uh, thinking about it, there are two main 
concepts, so to speak. It's a hard reset every time, like the, the sequel approach, basically. Uh, gameplay and or balancing and carryover is completely disconnected from the story. You just have to think of it as, okay, we keep going. Uh, they don't have all the, the gear and abilities anymore, but mm -hmm. it's just uh, a new entry, which would amount to a uh, ludonarrative dissonance. So meaning disconnection right. between game and narrative or gameplay and narrative. And the other one is transfer over as much as possible. But it's, it's actually just switching discs as in the original. You switch discs mm. and then you you just keep going with everything you had. This would mm. probably be the most ideal version for us, but I don't think this is feasible as we see later. And this would be a ludonarrative har harmony, I call this, because mm -hmm. it harmonizes and we just keep going. We all have everything we um, learned and obtained before. It's not just magically gone. But yeah, we'll see later why this is probably not possible. But the hard reset approach is would kind of be uh, in line with the Kingdom Hearts games. Uh, there, the story wasn't clear from the beginning, of course, so they had uh, one and then two and then mm -hmm. three and all the others between with uh, different stories. But all those games where you play Sora, Sora also all, uh, remembers everything that has been before, but he still, still starts at level one and has his basic keyblade and uh, low stats and everything. So he basically gets reset every time, but the story does explain why. Mm. Which kind of works. It's maybe a little bit uh, uh, like whimsical, almost feels like how to explain uh, the the reset, but at least it works there. I feel. And the same as I mentioned before with the other Final Fantasy sequels, because they're basically just different games, and the story goes forward. But even if you play with the same characters, it uh, there has been time in between, and it really makes sense to start from. The beginning, especially because the battle system and yeah. exploration is different. Mm -hmm. Well, they can justify it as well with okay, there's been time in between. Yeah, exactly. The story has continued, but it's a different time. So yeah, exactly. Like for example, the difference between Final Fantasy X and Ten Two. Yeah, it's one or two years, I think. Between, mm -hmm. I don't quite remember. But then Yuna also learned a lot, and uh, she completely turns over a new leaf and becomes a gunner. <laughs> exactly. So, so it's yeah. like a different game completely. And then yeah. if we talk about the 13 sequels, it's a different story. It's a continuation of the same story, but like you're not even controlling the same character. Yeah, because exactly. Lightning is gone, and then you are her sister in yeah. the second one. So, And the new character. And then in the, in the, th in the third yeah, game, you play Lightning again, which is, who is basically a god by then. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it makes yeah. sense, right? Yes, definitely. So now there are I think there are two questions we can ask ourselves. Should the hard reset dictate the story? Like, turn around or uh, adjust the story in a way to explain why everything mm. is reset every time? Or should the story dictate how the progression transfer works? I think this, those are the main uh, directions we could mm -hmm. go if we want ludonarrative harmony. If you don't care about that, then just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> So it's yeah, it really it really depends what uh, what they they will be going for. It's hard to predict. 
because they could opt for completely separating those two, like just uh, create a story they want, tell a story mm-hmm. they want, and each time it's just completely an isolated game with its isolated balancing and progression and don't care about what happened before. This could work if we just... Uh, I think there's there's also a term for it to uh, just ignore it, but I don't remember it right off uh, from the top of my head. But yeah, it's... To predict this is hard, but that's why we're here to yeah. talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that some people will probably be disappointed. Yeah. But it just, you know, it it just depends on what they decide to go with. But I think that it can be done either way mm-hmm. and it can be done uh, well and properly so that like people aren't upset. You know what I mean? Because there's going to be people who want access to you know everything and the mm. levels and everything like the like harmony like you had said yeah, yeah um like transfer over as much as possible and then people who won't really care about that and they're fine with like a hard reset you know what i mean so oh, for sure yeah the thing is also you have spent so much time in the first game to level up everything to mm-hmm. collect all the weapons all the accessories and level yeah. up all the material get your perfect uh um load out and beat all the bosses and then you start the next game which is direct a direct continuation of the story the mm-hmm. only thing in between is the walk to calm but yeah. why would they forget everything and lose everything there it's that's that's where uh, i think where the problem could arise so but what if we want to um make story and gameplay reset or progression reset congruent like explain mm-hmm. that the the story yeah. that explains uh the, the reset. reset um i think there's uh, there are ways they could they could explain absolutely it. yeah so for for example in calm um since we were in the singularity and just basically reset the timeline like the old timeline won't happen anymore because there's nothing to correct it to make it uh happened the same way whispers are not there anymore oh, or at least that's what we what we think it's an unknown journey so uh, in in my previous uh really huge hour-long analyses i came to the conclusion that the first game happened in their live streams memories then those uh, events were that altered more and more and more the whispers tried to correct course correct but then what we weren't able to and then we defeated them. Then the reset happened, and now we are basically in the in the real reset timeline that will overwrite the old one. That's basically the. It might not work exactly like that, but that's just the the thinking that we, that I think how it how it works mechanically. Mm. And with the, with this starting point, I think we can just say that okay, let's reset it because it's now a new reality. Everything that happened before is yet it happened, but they only remember what happened, but don't have anything from before. So we can start completely new. And interesting. If we think, uh, or if we go for four parts, let's say they stop at Nibelheim for the first part, at uh, the second part when uh, old Nibelheim stuff is gone with new content and Vincent, whatever, then there could uh, something happen with uh, Vincent's nightmare or chaos that gets right. introduced. Maybe we fall into into the Marco reactor yeah. like Sephiroth before and I mm-hmm. don't know, just something completely off the rails. 
which also uh, uh, warrants a reset. It does make sense. Yeah. And then after Northern Crater, it's even easier because Cloud is gone. In also, actually, in the live stream this time. <laughs> exactly. So he gets reset definitely. He only has uh, retains his boss's sword and maybe the memories. That's it. Uh, Tifa and Barrett are caught. So they're probably mm-hmm. stripped of everything they had. Yeah. But then you still have uh, Ketchy, you have Vincent, you have Sid, and you have Yuffie. Maybe they change so- can can change something that they uh, get apprehended too. On um, maybe not Ketchy because this one is still a Shinra spy, and he's able to bail the others out, and then also bail Tifa and Barrett out. Or well, Barrett because Tifa's still in there has to ex- escape by her own. I think this will be possible. To mm-hmm. maybe even Ketchy uh, dies, explodes. I don't know what, and then Ketchy number three. Um, yeah, does the rescuing sense. so that every character has a reason for why yep. they lose all the gear and all the material. Like it explodes, but then they just send another copy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That would make sense. Exactly. So that's that's uh, how I think they could work out how to make uh, a reset feasible and not jarring by just saying, "Okay, they didn't forget anything." It's just. Zork just keeps going and you just don't have anything anymore. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's this, uh, this approach. So do you have any more points uh, to this integration or disintegration into the story? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just, for me, I just said that I think that everything needs to be and will hopefully be explained in the narrative. So I do want an explanation if they do a hard reset for part two. If it happens, I do want an explanation for it. And I think that we're going to get one because I think that given the fact that like this game, they're really diving into the narrative and it's really narratively focused. I think that we're going to get an explanation for it. I just don't know exactly what that's going to look like or where or when it's potentially going to happen. But I think that there are opportunities for it to happen during the narrative that makes sense in the greater story that technically might not have existed in the OG mm-hmm. but they could have because it wasn't explained obviously kind of like how this new mission in intermission with Yuffie right right there's, right yeah it's sure. like this happened but there's not really it could have happened because we don't know as the player of the OG that this potentially could have happened where she was in Midgar before we don't know that yeah, because we don't see her until later. So something like that, where it's like there's no indication in the OG that would suggest that this could not happen. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's specific ways it can work, which you've already explained. Which I actually didn't really think about the calm transition from memory into a new reality via this singularity is very interesting to me because at the end it seems like everything's been resolved and this like it's been destroyed. Mm-hmm. So then maybe I'm getting visions of like a cutscene where maybe like their gear just kind of dissipates into <laughs> like particles or something like that, like their weapons. And they're like, ah, ah, what's happening? You know, like, or something like that. And then you go to inventory, everything's gone. You don't have anything anymore because this is kind of like the new reality. Right. Mm, mm. And you start from scratch, which I really do like that idea. It just don't, I just don't know when that's going to happen. And it could also be, Actually, now mm-hmm. that I'm thinking about it, saying it out loud, 
is that it happens over time. It doesn't happen right away because what's happening is the everything is being corrected. It's like a ripple through time. Yeah, right. Of. Yeah. So when they actually leave Midgar and they encounter enemies, they they might still have their gear and everything. And then it kind of is like a ripple effect where gradually their things just disappear. Maybe during the uh, during the flashback, which could explain getting to yeah, like getting too calm. But the issue is, how do you? You would have to transfer the saved data information from yeah. part one to part two in order for you to play that small portion of the beginning of part two up until calm, like getting to calm, basically, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which, what about players coming in that are just starting at playing part two? Well, I guess they would just give them if they don't have any save previous saves from the previous from part one then they would just give them a default layout yeah exactly right whatever and then that's taken away Mm. and it could be explained that way right which totally makes sense in the narrative of what the story of what they're trying to do and trying to tell with remake i think that it makes sense in um in several conversations People have suggested that Yuffie could be the one who steals everything, and then uh, I think we called we we talked about it uh, in yeah, an uh, earlier episode, because this was also the the, uh, the case in the new threat mod for the original Final Fantasy PC mm-hmm. version. But then uh, they just kept uh, chased down Yuffie, uh, fought against her, and then got everything back, which is not quite the same. Um, but this has flown out of the window because Yuffie is now standing in front of, of the uh, Midgar Solom or Midgar um marsh and she hasn't met the group yet. So, or, yeah. or at least that's, that's, that's what I gather from how she reacts and uh, from, from her monologue there. So this will most likely not happen. Yeah, I did say that it could be that she's... She sees the group, she takes notice of them, and she's spying on them, like, watching them. Mm. Um, so she does eventually go to Calm, and then she steals their equipment earlier in the story. So it happens during the flashback sequence mm. in Calm. And then after the flashback sequence, they, they realize, like, all their stuff's gone. And then my idea was that there's actually... You're just transported to Calm directly right at the beginning. They show you a cutscene, and then you're on the truck, and you get delivered to to Calm. There's actually no gameplay; like you're mm-hmm. not fighting anything between Midgar and Calm because yeah. obviously we got that cutscene. They're already mm-hmm. in the truck, so it starts, and the truck is moving them. It transports them there, and we're just getting more story. And it starts with everything locked. If you go into the menu, you actually don't see any equipment or anything like that like it's locked and then the flashback happens but it's a playable flashback Mm -hmm. hopefully and then what's happening when you're playing the flashback you just have whatever equipment cloud has at the time during the flashback accessible to you and then um when you come back after that, that's the gameplay. Like the flashback is the gameplay. Most of it is narrative and a cutscene and you're getting story. And they let you go free from that after the flashback sequence is done. And then you realize everything's been stolen by mm-hmm. Yuffie because it shows her taking it during the flashback sequence. And then you have nothing. Mm. And then you're like, 
oh my god, everything's gone, whatever, you have to start from scratch. So, and that's how they introduced new weapons that weren't, that were, like, you got them in the world during these parts of the game, but you don't have access to them, your previous weapons, until mm -hmm. much later in part two, when we get to Wutai and we get everything back. And they actually have a chest where she has everything stored. And at that point, you've already leveled things up, so you can actually transfer your inventory between the chest and and like the party essentially so if you do want to get those weapons back like you can we're going to talk about this a little bit later because i did write this down so. <laughs> but it made sense in my head but the whole issue with that is just the level right like how would you go from being like level 50 to level one with just by what i just said Right, like her stealing her equipment and everything, it would take care of the gear, but not the the leveling system, which you kind of explain later an option that they could do, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But I agree with you where I'm like, okay, so if there's four parts, okay, so what's going to happen the end of level of part four? Let's say if there's four parts, we're we're going to be like what level two hundred or level <laughs> yeah. hundred and fifty, or there's no level cap, you know, like. In Elden Ring, I don't know if there's a level cap, but in, when I play Bloodborne, like my character, when I finish was level 249. So <laughs> like, are they going to do that where it's just yeah. infinitely like scalable or, but we'll see. But anyway, it does make sense. Like, what do you think about my idea about like, you're transported there directly with the, in the truck, right? And then you get out and there's story and then you actually aren't let loose to actually combat or in the game, the gameplay doesn't start until the flashback starts. Yeah, that's the, the beginning I'm completely on board with. I also, I'm also one of those uh, who advocates for Remake Part 2 starting right into the back, uh, at the back of the truck. Maybe, maybe you see the, mm -hmm. the surroundings and it zooms in first, but this is the, the, the start. And maybe after, this, the, after the dragon fight, before we um, arrive in Nibelheim, it cuts back to the present and then mm -hmm. we know okay it's it's a flashback cloud is uh telling the others we're already in calm then it switches back to the flashback and keeps going that's how i envision it starting so this would certainly work so if we say okay uh you if you went to calm and, and uh, had nothing needed stuff and uh, then uh noticed uh the party also yeah, she does see barrett and tifa in uh, in the slums so she re she would recognize those two at least. And then she would be like, oh, well, they definitely have materia, which she yeah. really wants. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then she can uh, rob them uh, poor, rob them clean when they sleep, and then get away. And At the end. Yeah. And I think that's where the problem starts, because she, we will, I'm, I'm pretty sure we will um, meet her between the Mythal Mines and Junon, some, somewhere in there yep. between. As we talked about in a, in a previous episode, most likely in uh, Fort Condor because it makes the most sense. Maybe we also see the other Avalan new Avalanche members from a Avalanche HQ again, like Neo, Billy Bob, and Polk, and the others. That's at least my hope. So by then, she she would have needed to get rid of everything because otherwise we would be able to get it back then and there, and then just get a whole bunch of materia and items and. Um, weapons and ac accessories and bangles and what have you, and that's probably for just too much. And uh, some of them might have been might be too, I don't know, obsolete by then. I don't know. It's just 
from from a, a game design perspective, it just doesn't really make sense. But they can change when you encounter her from the original. You know what I mean? Oh, for like, sure. I know that technically we don't encounter her until a little bit later, but maybe she jumps into battle with you. You know what I mean? Like outside of the mithril mine or something like that. And she has your gear, so she's, but you can't control her yet. And then you have to fight her, but she, I don't know. She tells you she stole all your stuff and then you fight her. And then she just says, oh, well, I already, it's already in Wutai. Like basically, like I shipped it back there somehow. Like, I don't know. She's got connections, you know, she's a ninja. That's that's the other thing. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what would need to happen that she kind of has she can travel with all those uh, with all this stuff. So she need to kind of Yeah, but remember also there was that little thread of story that we got from Chicha, who he's like obviously a spy oh, yeah. and he knows shipping, so maybe she had Chicha like ship it in a container somehow, like I don't know. Yeah, it it is all possible, but right right now when I'm just put the the, the analysis and the logic hat on on my on, on my head, it's just it sounds cool, but I don't think it really works. Like when you just consider the whole picture, and also, um, yeah, it's just gone. She she stole it, and then it's it's like the the whole group would would be hostile towards her and wouldn't even take her along. But if if they don't know that she's a material thief or a thief in general, then they would take her along when they just um, like fight against her and prevail and uh, she does her thing. Those are the things that I I just can't warm up to. to th- I think that the, the thought in, a, in and of itself is is cool. But as I said, when you consider everything else, it's just, uh, I don't think it's, it really works that way. Also, when you consider her her, uh, her scene, the ending scene from Intermission, it doesn't seem like she has met anybody yet. She's still alone and looks for other people. Like she practices her speech when, he, when she um, comes across uh, worthy people who can help her in requests. And, and, and this scene already happens... Uh, like between the Chocobo farm and and uh, the marsh, so it would be past calm. So even from from that perspective, I don't think this uh, will happen anyway. But in the end, you never know what Square Enix cooks up and changes and does and mm-hmm. everything. It's it's hard. Maybe it's not really not, not even Yuffie. Maybe it's uh, there are other operatives who who rob them and just ship them off to wherever, and they have no idea. But still, that this needs to be woven into the story and come up later, Could and I be. don't really know how to integrate that. It's it's really hard to think about it on the on the top, like right there on the spot. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's something to to just keep in mind. But until then, I'll stick with uh, my idea that they just don't have it anymore. Everything went up into smoke because of the reality change. Timey, wimey, wibbly wobbly, whatever yeah. Doctor Who stuff. <laughs> Well, I agree with you. Instead of time, it's just memory, but yeah. I do think that they could potentially make it work with Yuffie taking everything. And then obviously, like, why are you fighting her then? If Yeah, because you know, she like, attacks you and wants to steal your stuff. In the original. Yeah. And also in the original, you can... The earliest you can encounter her is between Junon and the Mithril, Mithril Mines, because there, yeah. there, there are the first forests you can uh, enter. And I 
think the last one is before Rocket Town, where it's basically guaranteed mm. that you encounter her. I don't think maybe even uh, other um, forests like around the Temple of the Ancients, if you haven't gotten yeah. her yet, I think you can even encounter her there. Basically, every forest on the whole world map, if I remember correctly. But yeah, Yuffie's definitely a wild card. All right, so moving on here, we're talking about what can or should transfer over. So you can go ahead and start, Viz. I just added some notes to uh, what you have put here in the document. Yeah, for sure. So let's start with uh, what is less problematic to reset. Like if, if we say, okay, what can we reset without disturbing the, the flow of the of gameplay? If you play the games back to back or even if you don't. I'd say if the inventory is empty, like if you don't have all the potions and grenades and phoenix downs and ethers, I don't think that really matters because when you start a new game and all games are full games and should be uh, coherent in and of themselves. So starting with an empty or almost empty inventory, I don't think it's it's much of a problem because it's inventory anyway. You start new, you buy stuff, you get stuff, you pick mm -hmm. up, pick up uh, the items and it's fine. And same with equipment, because if you already start with a full equipment at first, it's a little bit overwhelming in my opinion, and you're maybe even too strong if you start off, unless this is the starting point and you get even more, uh, even stronger equipment with more material slots and higher stats. This could also work, but more on that later. And levels and stats, this is, in my opinion, those are just numbers. Because it's a new game, you start at level 5, let's say, or 7 again, I don't really care. Then, uh, well, why not? It's just the level within this game. It's just the mm -hmm. power level you have, and it's just disconnected from the previous game. And same with the stats. But still, from, from an emotional perspective, from uh, the feeling gamers get when they start the sequel and are reset to level 1, then kind of feels strange, especially if story-wise nothing has been reset. Well, maybe reality has reset. This is, this is basically the only the only explanation that can say, okay, now you're back at level one because it's now a new reality and now you you go into the world. Um, but still, it's, it's possible. But what would be really weird if they're completely gone is learned abilities and limit breaks. Because... This is something they learned. It's it's in their memory, in the memory of the characters. It's just something they have physically on themselves. So that's that's the problem. So if 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 we start and we have only Braver again, let's say for Cloud and his cross slash, or even only the Ascension limit break, I don't think if this would feel right or even make sense any way you turn it, turn it around. So I think this is something that should remain. The abilities and the limit breaks. And so yeah, it's basically two categories. What characters have, the physical aspects, uh, the inventory, potions, the, the weapons, armor and, and so forth, and what they've learned in their memory. And we know that they remember what happened before when we listen to them at the end of... Uh, the main game and intermission as well so it doesn't feel like they have forgotten what they've been through so they know and they certainly also remember their 
learned abilities and limit breaks and so on. Of course, you could separate those again, like ludonarrative dissonance, as I've uh, mentioned before, just ignore it. And then it's good, but I personally think this would feel very, very weird. Uh, what do you think about this? Yeah, I totally agree with you. Now I'm reading what I wrote here. I just think that if we are kind of like there's an explanation why we're reset to level one and it affects the characters, then it does make sense to have 0% uh, proficiency on the weapons and you don't have the abilities anymore mm. because they've somehow been impacted. I do agree with you that they themselves have done this and it's in their memory and their memories are intact. Yeah. So I don't know how necessarily that would be fixed. It does make sense for the equipment to be gone because they obtain those pieces of equipment and gear and everything during the time of like part one, but then after the singularity is gone and like everything like was destroyed or whatever, then it does make sense for the weapons to be gone and everything like you said in the beginning. But just how would they get past like not having those abilities because they had the proficiency they learned mm. those techniques so they could use the abilities whenever they wanted exactly. it didn't matter like what weapon they had right mm -hmm. but if there is a way to like a narrative plot to explain like why they're reset as characters and they're just all like level one again and they just forget <laughs> those things then i mean i'm open to it being a reason like why they don't have those same abilities for the weapons anymore I feel like we would need an explanation for that, though. Maybe that's they. They even mention this. Uh, maybe if the first fight comes up, and then Cloud says something. Hey, wait, aren't I forgetting something? I feel something is something's gone. I I don't know. Just uh, I spitballing here, but they n uh, notice that something is is not there anymore. And you see, okay, I don't have all the abilities anymore. I only have mm -hmm. like Braver again, and Aerith has only I don't know. Uh, arcane ward or something or the uh the soul drain because this is makes the most sense for her i don't know but they could explain it through they actually do lose their memories of it because technically if everything that they went through is now moot like it's just gone mm. then their memories would start to fade of those things maybe hard to say because the experiences are still there they they must remember everything that's happened to them in uh, in the first game everything is even yeah, in the singularity because they still know each other as people exactly so f also forgetting the abilities which is also part of hmm. their memory would really feel strange in my opinion that's that's the gripe i have if abilities would be gone and the limit breaks i just felt like they could introduce a new battle system like, it's, it's the same battle system where you get to attack and just regular attacks and stuff like that, but there may, might be changes to it where there's team-up attacks and then those replace the abilities from the weapons. Like, there's no... Because your weapons are now gone or something like that. I don't know. I'm just trying to think yeah. of ways it could be done, but it's very difficult. It it's is. It's more difficult than, like you said, the inventory the the stats and the the equipment and the gear right because they've learned those abilities exactly yeah but i think uh just let's just return to levels and stats for a moment because there i think there are possibilities 
where I can reset them and mm-hmm. still feel right because I had I had an idea, a pretty elaborate idea about level stats and uh, items and stuff as well, but that's for later. Yeah. Um that actually the level itself will get reset but not the, yeah. not the stats. You still have the stats like uh, I don't know, maybe a 100 attack and uh, yeah. 56 defense what have you. But let's say we st- we stopped at level well level 50 in part 1 and level 50 represents level 5 in part 2. So it's just scaled back. If you were level 40 and port your save over then you will be at level 4. But we'll have the the same stats as before. It's just uh, scales differently. Like the the uh, the stat progression across levels is different. It's it's compressed from one level one to fifty to level one to five, and then it just keeps rising up, rising up until you're at level fifty in part two. And then you have just higher stats. And then you see in the stats, well, they are still the same at the same strength, but the level just represents your progression in this game. Because level itself doesn't say anything. But stats yeah. do. Stats represent the actual uh, strength of your attacks, of how exactly. you, you take damage or not, how how proficient you are at, at casting magic or receiving uh, magic damage, what have you. And speed. So this is one, one way they could go with also porting, porting it over and don't feel like the player lose everything because if, if they have leveled up to 50, they're at level 5. Mm-hmm. That's good. So you you kind of have a little bit of a of a head start. Maybe not level five. Maybe the the starting level should um, vary between level five and ten because Cloud is level one in the flashback. And if if he would be level one again after the flashback, if you haven't leveled up at all, well, it's pros- practically not possible. But still, if you're level two, then five years later would feel weird. So maybe between level mm. five and ten or something. That makes sense. Yeah, that's that's how I envisioned it back in uh, 2019. But in the end, the the problem is, especially with uh with HP, that it might go off completely the rails. But um, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's like an increased HP pool. The stats carry over, but the level is just showing as level one. But that means then that the enemies have to do more damage because you have such a high HP pool. Otherwise, yeah. it's just yeah, super exactly. easy. Yeah. Right. But we'll get a little bit more into uh the stats especially and and mm-hmm. levels across all the games. But this is just like how how the, the the transfer itself could work for for levels. It's of levels and stats. Just talking about the proficiency again, like you can do something for a lot and then you become more proficient at it, but it they could also say like you lost proficiency because you haven't done it in so long. But that would make sense if it's like a year. Yeah, which is not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like a day or <laughs> which something. Which it's not. It's yeah. literally like a day. So you know what I mean. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, that that's a really hard one. It is. It is certainly. Yeah. And then if you think about okay, uh, we do want the inventory to carry over because it makes sense. They still have that, especially between parts uh, two and three, and maybe four, depending on how many parts there will be. Uh, then. We do want that, let's say, and then it becomes a problem because the inventory, especially the potions and certain materia, are balanced in a way to make sense in terms of the balancing or the progression 
within the first game or the second game. Then if you take everything of you have into the next game and want to display progression like they are already at this uh, the stage, you want to become stronger and stronger, and then everything you had in the previous game just becomes more and more obsolete and then you have just junk in your inventory, mm-hmm. basically. So they would need to give you better potions, uh, new ones, or just upgrade them. But then you you have already like uh, 100 or 99 high potions, which instead of 1,000, give you maybe 5,000 5, HP. I don't know. Just balancing really becomes an issue. Mm-hmm. And with gear also, so either the gear stays the same and the new gear is significantly better, or they harmonize. Like the gear you get has just even more uh, different or other um, focal points. Like the uh, the hard edge is pure strength, the mythical sword is pure magic, and the boss sword is balanced but also has uh, defense plus, and they all have a little bit different skills. Um, some have like I don't know HP, HP drain, or if you're low HP you have higher defense and stuff like that. This is also a little bit different between uh, between the uh, the weapons. Which could work, but then at some point you have so many weapons and you, and all of them have to feel unique to so that you don't really need to okay, this is the best one i I'll just stick with that so that all weapons exactly. have their place so it this this can really become a problem on the other hand, uh, I think the dot hack series did that that you could transfer over like basically everything and your gear, but they were all only. Like relevant in the first few hours, and then you got better gear and higher uh, uh, gear with higher stats, and then you could just sell everything. Right. But this doesn't quite work because uh, the precedent from part one is all weapons are basically equal. They just have different different weights in diff- different uh, stat areas and different uh, like you just play a little bit different with each weapon, basically. So. It's not like in the original where just each weapon has just a higher damage output, basically. And the uh, only main difference is uh, otherwise is, okay, this one has double growth or even triple growth, but a little bit less, um, uh, fewer material slots. And this one has individual slots and the other one has linked slots. So you just still had to weigh that a little bit against each other. But okay, this new sword has like 30 or 40 uh, attack points more, so the other one is just not feasible anymore. I want to do damage. Yeah, yeah. I think this is really, really a hard one to tackle if you don't. Really, it is if you don't go into extreme detail. Mm-hmm. And then also, what they've done is they've created the weapons to be upgradable. So yeah, in exactly. The original, they weren't. So yes, you had a bunch of weapons, but they were just obsolete later in the story because you just kept getting more powerful and powerful yeah, exactly. and powerful weapons with more materia slots. But now they've created a problem because like our weapons from part one are so powerful because we've leveled them up mm-hmm. and we've spent time grinding it to be able to do that. Yeah. And then like to take them all away for part two. And then, you know, we get new weapons that are now like we've never had that have new abilities. Mm-hmm. Is super interesting, right? Because we're going to upgrade those yeah, exactly. and make those more powerful. But then giving us the 
weapons that we had in part one. In part two, let's say they give it to us and they're fully upgraded and they have everything. Okay, fine. But then they have to do something. Otherwise, we're just super OP. Mm -hmm. Or let's say if they say, okay, so you're going to transfer everything. It's going to reset the level of all your weapons. You're going to have the weapons, but you still, you have to start upgrading them again from scratch. That's going to be annoying as well. Yeah, that's that's going to be annoying because you already know what you're unlocking. You know the abilities that the weapons have and you have to start all over again, which is kind of boring because you just, I mean, yes, it's been two or three years since you did it. So maybe you wouldn't mind as much, but maybe, but then you already know what those weapons, the abilities they have, you know, the, like the unlockable, like, um, you know, like at the end when you're almost unlock unlocking all of the, um, material slots, the material, like the orbs or whatever it has like reprieve. Oh, those the skills. Yeah. The special skills. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, that it has those because you've already, so mm-hmm. that's kind of boring to me. Which yeah. They've created definitely. this issue for themselves, but they are not going to have cloud in part two not having a buster sword there is no way that is his iconic weapon Mm. so it might make sense for the rest of the weapons to not to not make it but like they cannot not have him without the buster sword so like i don't know what they're gonna do it's really they've kind of created an a big a lot of issues for themselves by like making this game into multiple parts which is unfortunate if they just had the game i know it's like impossible for them to do but just if you can imagine it like you wouldn't have these issues that they have to somehow kind of fix maybe they don't even see it as being an issue and they're not even going to have any story explanation at all and when you start the game it just says just so you know everything has been reset to zero Mm. and there's like a little dialogue box and explains and that's it and you're just set you 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 everything like you have your stuff but it's your level one yeah. or whatever uh what could also work uh is you only retain the boss's sword the rest is gone but the boss's sword is fully upgraded but the mm. new sword you get is uh like on the same level as the boss's sword but on level one like uh if you start upgrading it, it mm. will becomes stronger and stronger as the boss's sword then well, maybe you won't be be uh, using the boss, or the bo- you can level up the boss sword even more, or the boss sword is reset. You can, uh, but it already has everything from before, but you learn new stuff uh, on top of everything from a fully upgraded boss sword. So that's it's it's kind of yes. that it's 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 still relevant, but it's at the base level when you start uh, upgrading the new new swords yeah. you get, and same for the other characters, of course. Like Cloud still having a Buster Sword is a possibility because this whole like Zack thing being in purgatory or whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. he's still in some form of existence, whether it's in the live stream or whatever, but that stuff has happened in the story. So mm-hmm. he like Cloud would have a Buster Sword. Yes. So it kind of makes sense narratively why the other weapons would disintegrate or something or whenever they fade away and then but he still has the buster sword mm-hmm. because it's it's intrinsic to him it's just there to um zach mm. yeah right because zach is we don't know what's going on with zach yeah. potentially he's alive he's on the live stream we don't know but he's not he's not like gone with the destroying of the singularity and the whispers and all that stuff mm. so Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I did put here, like, I don't think that the 
healing items or inventory items like our gear possibly will transfer mm. is it just the weapons and material because i said like let's say we've just farmed like how many gotcha damarongs <laughs> right like how would you just get a, a gotcha damarong like starting the game and you just have full limit break like that does not make any sense and then what's yeah, the point exactly. for us to farm all of part two for this ultimate item quote unquote like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's so. that's a really good point because uh, if you beat Weiss, you have three Götterdämmerung in yeah. <laughs> for, for Cloud and the others. So you would start with three, three uh, <laughs> like pieces. right at part two in the beginning. Here you go. Like everybody's just just buff. Yeah, <laughs> buff yeah, yeah, definitely. No, that's that's really true. So the only thing that could transfer over are weapons, but maybe not even that possibly just the, the base weapons for cloud it's definitely the buster sword for the others doesn't really need to be base weapons they can have just uh new ones pick uh, they picked up on like in calm before cloud started retelling his story barrett well you see barrett's uh now you see barrett's gun arm the the gatling gun you see tifa's mm-hmm. gloves the, the metal knuckles i think they're called you don't see Aerith's staff but i think they will just start with their base weapons again which could be just level starting up. weapon like yeah, the starting weapons one. yeah but then the, 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 the first additional weapons you get need to be on the same level in some some form or another so they yeah. already have similar stats just different weights to like more more attack less defense or all the other way around but still on on the level of a fully upgraded boss sword that's that's where i think that that's where it, it needs to go and in the boss sword maybe you already see those six uh mini solar systems that are fully upgraded but then you get new ones yeah for all the other weapons you just have the new new circles yes unless they completely overhaul the whole weapon system maybe they're not even upgradable anymore or differently upgradable maybe skill tree not just those weird circles Mm -hmm. yeah something like that (laughs) it could be completely different system yeah yeah and they like to do that, you know what I mean? And I know it was mentioned as well where it's going to be, they were saying that it's going to be similar to 13 where like the release schedule anyway, like every two years we're going to get a sequel. But if we're looking at those games, the systems are different. Mm. So maybe it's just going to be a completely different upgrade system or we don't upgrade them. Maybe, yeah, you never know. It's hard to say, yeah. I still hope there is some, some form of upgrade, upgrade because mm-hmm. I think it's more more enticing to use different weapons if you are able to upgrade them and they all have their relevance up until the end of each game especially the buster sword yeah because in the original you have the the hard edge you can steal it and then you you buy the mythical saber and the buster sword just is obsolete until the end of the game you can sell it which is good but it's just doesn't doesn't really do anything unless you want to do a, a challenge run like a, ba- a base mm-hmm. weapon only or something so I think so, some sort of upgrade system they still need to retain, but not the same one, especially not the, uh, the navigation system. But I think we've talked about this enough in the past. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then there's another point, money. So let's say you have played so much that your, your money is like through the roof. You have, I don't know, 500,000 gil and you start the next game with 500,000 gil. It's like, okay, now we can buy everything. 
unless the prices keep going up and up and up and 500,000 is like uh yeah you, you buy a few weapons and then you're out of money again but then by the end of the of the whole uh series you will be at like a billion uh gil, mm-hmm. and that's not really feasible so i think money is also something that gets reset which i also don't mind because it's on the same level as items it's just not there anymore you get new ones it's it's a new game so you start for fresh and if you lose it you can have a little bit of, a, of an explanation for that and you're done it's fine balancing is restored and nobody should should cry about it i, I hope <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and then a few more uh, more points I think something that we can all agree on if if there are story choices for example if the affection system already starts here in part 2 for then the um, the eventual date at the golden saucer if there are four parts let's say and it stops at Nibelheim all those choices that affect this system, this dating system or affection system, they must carry over. And I don't think this is there's any contention. It's also mm-hmm. very easily made because, yeah, just read the save and, and there you exactly. go. It doesn't affect anything. Yeah. And maybe even other uh, choices like uh, some quests you did or some quests you did not do. And then there's some reference to some quests just to yeah. acknowledge, oh, you did do that. Somebody just thanks you for uh, helping them in the past, but uh, they don't if you didn't do the quest or if you don't uh, carry over the quest. Something like that. Just not something that's missable. Just some acknowledgement of stuff that happened before, if, that's, if this is a thing, even. Yeah, exactly. And then if you didn't play the first part, then you're not really missing anything in particular, but... It's just maybe the reactions or like those things that would connect are just yeah by default like a set yeah or or maybe form if... of like actions or responses from NPCs like you don't and you wouldn't know any different because you never played the first one yeah exactly so... especially Johnny let's say you yeah. didn't do the Johnny quests which were optional only the the, the his main involvement in uh, sector seven and sector let's see uh, sector six yeah in the wall market where he was in uh, in some cutscenes. But other than that, there were also many other encounters with him, especially the uh, side, side quest in Chapter 14, where his wallet got, st- got stolen. Yeah. And if we meet, meet him again in uh, Cosa del Sol, for example, then he can just thank, thank us and maybe give us a few items, just something that's not really that relevant or game-breaking if we don't yeah. get it. Just some bonus to, to as acknowledgement, as a thank you, and a callback to to the first game. That's that, that's something I I really want to. Unless they just opt for well, we don't care what you did. We just assumed you did everything, and we go from there. This could also work. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. And but then there's something I, yeah. We'll try to solve this a little bit later, but I, I, I tease you there. What about Ra and Ga spells? Would we need, like, Fire, Fire, or Fire Raga? We've already learned Fire Raga. What about the next game? What about that one after? Do we just learn higher spells? Do we get a, a Fire 2 material with Fire fire 2, Fire Ra 2? There's something weird. Unless we just... Ignore it, and each game has a fire, ice, lightning materia, and we have to mm-hmm. level up from the beginning again and again and again and again. 
I think that's what's going to happen. At least for part two. Yeah, for part two, certainly. Pretty much. Because then they could maybe start with something something else, but I have some ideas for you a little bit Yeah, later. <laughs> that's what I was just about to say. Yeah. We'll talk about it in a little bit here, but yeah, I totally think that at least for part two, we'll just be learning, we'll just have like fire and the normal like basic uh, materia spells and then we level, have to level them up from scratch again. Yeah. So many things lead to basically carrying nothing, uh, almost nothing over as far as we uh, we talked about now. So mm-hmm. <laughs> and with summons, it's also a little bit similar because we already got Ifrit, Shiva, Ramu, yeah. Leviathan, Bahamut, and Chocobo, um, Chocomog, Chocobomog, or Chocobo and Moogle, it's called now, because we have more characters <laughs> available. Yeah. And, and even those three DLC, but those are just bonus, because they didn't exist in the original game either. Um, so do we just reobtain them, or mm-hmm. do they not appear anymore? So also something to keep in mind for our, our uh, next segment. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking potentially too when you boot up the game or something like that and it reads your save file, then it actually just shows a screen and it's like you have to move all of your inventory to a storage box for later in the game. And then you, mm. it just goes away. And then they don't tell you where you're going to find this stuff, but you just know that potentially you'll get what you have from the first one and the second one at some point. So I was thinking, that's why I was saying, like, if you would steal everything and it's in, like, a storage box in Wutai, and then at mm. that point in the game, you access it and you can transfer things between your inventory that you currently have on your characters and the storage box. And then Hmm. your summons are also in there and they're leveled up. But for part two, you won't have them because you get different summons. Yeah. Yeah, something like a storage box or maybe not not even a storage box, but maybe even an event that happens in the game that you uh, retrieve something you've lost. In the first game, this could also tie into story yeah. somehow that you you uh, get certain things back that you acquired in the first or in the second, then you acquired in the, in the third. Just not, not right from the beginning. Just there's something that could work in if 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 it's relevant to the story, yeah. to the lore, to whatever. I think that there is a way that they can actually have this one storage thing or whatever it is be um consistent across all games yeah if they're using the same environments and we go back to this later in the story then like if we go back to wutai or wherever it is maybe it's just a localized thing that has your stuff stored in it Mm. with a level cap so like you can't like if i'm thinking about let's say elden ring i know it's not the same genre of game but like I ha- I can go there and like I have a a, a loadout and I if I'm overburdened like I can't move mm-hmm. very fast because I'm overloaded yeah, and exactly. I have like a loading stat so like I have to unload things into the box but then I can go back to it and exchange things later and weapons have a level cap so like I have to be I have to have like forty faith in order to have this certain staff and there's an X there and I can't use it so maybe everything's put in this storage area you have access to it in different environments where it's like a computer like the Chadley VR mm. um, computer that you go up to and it, everything is stored digitally there and he can make like recreate copies of your stuff. Chadley. 
he can make copies of your stuff because he has access to like everything and all the data. So he's made copies of the data of those things that you had because he, you gave him that information through the battles, right? So like he just kind of like populates this stuff, but only at certain points in the game can you, are you able to do that? So like nothing, everything's there, but you just can't use it at that time. Like it has to, you mm-hmm. have to get to a certain level. You have to be at a certain point in the story when you can have access to your, all of your summons again or something like that. You just gave me a few ideas about Chadley. <laughs> Because I, I am planning to, to release a video down the line about Chadley because there's so much about him we don't know. So, so, so much mystery, so much weird stuff. And I didn't really think about his role in, in, in future games. I really need to go into it. Yeah, I, I need to make some notes after we, re- we finish recording this. Because <laughs> <laughs> good... I know we didn't really put Chadley in our notes, but then that just kind of dawned on me. Yeah. Like, what happens yeah, if it's fair. like a VR simulator again, but then... Like, you can use those things in the VR simulator and take them out with you or something. He can, like, not 3D print them, but, like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, like, it just kind of, like, is popu- populated in the world yeah. somehow, like, from the system. Yeah, maybe? or, or you can just, uh, uh, at each loca- location he appears, you can buy back one summon from the previous games. Something yeah. like that. Like, you know how you fight Vice and VR, but, like, mm. in the he, real part of the story, like, isn't he just, like, a... He's, like, a, a hologram, kind of, where he's connected to all those cables and everything? Well, he is really there in deep ground, just hooked up to, to, the, to, the, to his chair, basically. He's, he's tied to his chair. He can't, can't get up, because otherwise he would just kill everybody. Uh, but through those, those, uh, those cables, his... Uh, the data of his whole being is being copied over to Chadley's um, computers so that he yeah. is able to re- recreate Vice in virtual reality with his whole personality and exactly. everything. Yeah. And that's what he does to Cloud because he's like, hey, my system's been upgraded. I can plug you into this system and then it will reload all of your memories and mm. your um, data and information basically of the weapons and everything like that like you said and you can essentially like buy them back from him copies of them or something like that maybe it's it's, it's certainly something to pursue it's an interesting thought maybe it leads nowhere but it's certainly interesting <laughs> all right so moving on here we're talking about what other possibilities are there besides a full transfer or none and i know we talked a little bit about this previously but that's fine so we're going to go a little bit more in depth so, Viz, you can start us off here, your example. Yeah, exactly. Because you can transfer some things and leave others out. And a good example that it's, uh, it's for carrying over data or progression transfer is actually found in the Trails games. So I've, I played Trails of Cold Steel first, the first one, then the second one. So there's already a transfer there. Then I played uh, Trails in the Sky, the first chapter, and then the second chapter. Also a little bit mm-hmm. of transfer there. And in those games, it, it kind of works a little bit differently. So uh, how leveling up works is if you're above enemy levels, I don't quite know the exact uh, system behind it, but the, the stronger you are compared to the, to the enemies, the less ex- uh, experience points you get. So if you're low level, you get a lot of EXP, and then 
If you mm. fight the same enemies over and over again, you level up, you get less and less and less XP. So it's basically a soft cap in each location. So this is... That's interesting. Yeah, so you can't really over-level. This means in the first games, basically you'll reach, let's say, around level 40 or even 50 if you just uh, keep leveling. But I don't think you can really go much over that. And then in the next game, in my case, I was leveled down a little bit, like a few levels, because it just starts at the fixed level. The next game, like around mm -hmm. there where you uh, finish the first one, if you don't grind like hell. So there's al already kind of, um, they know where you leave off. And then you, they know, okay, you have the, those stats and this level. Let's start there. So this, from level and stats, stats, it really works. And the stats also don't go into the, I don't know, millions or something. So in the first games, you have like maybe uh, four or five, no, not even that, maybe 3,000 HP or something like that, and then attack power of maybe 200, let's say, and then you stop from there, and then the end of the second games in both sub-series, you are at maybe around 500 or something uh, HP, uh, 5,000 HP, 5,500, and maybe f four or five or maybe even 600 um, attack. Right. And then the next game should start there. I personally don't know, it, know yet because I'm not in the, in the third uh, Trails in the Sky game yet or the third Trails mm -hmm. of Cold Steel, but I really hope it's, uh, it's going to be like that. Just just to 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 set uh, set the stage here, and the abilities, I think they did it really well because all the characters retain all abilities they've learned, or at least mm. those that the game assumes they have learned by then by by this uh, this level cap they set for themselves for carryover. So um, they also have a system that you, sometimes. Uh, each time you level up or uh, after some levels you gain a new ability so we don't learn them by using weapons or something but by just leveling up very traditional but sometimes one ability just levels up uh, itself like for example hurricane becomes hurricane 2 or true hurricane they have both things either they add a 2 or or a, a pre pretend a a true to the name so that it just gets better because you use those abilities and you get better at them, so that those abilities level up too. That's basically the idea behind it. This could also work for uh, for for a remake, actually. So mm -hmm. you can retain the abilities, but some just level up, like they just become strong, like uh, triple slash, quarter slash, quintuple slash, I don't know how they're called, just something like that. Um, but in terms of inventory, it's all gone. But it's it's uh, the story also has uh, has a reason for it that everything is gone. So you have your base weapon again, basically, or a new base weapon and maybe a few potions or something like. Mm -hmm. Just the game gives you uh, like a, a starting, a starting package basically. But everything is reset. In terms of of inventory and gear, is this um, due to like the it incorporating like your save data between games, or is this just like by default? Uh both. I I don't remember if I I don't remember if there was a save transfer for Cold Steel, but in Trails in the Sky, I had 
uh, I was able to get mm. the previous save, and I think what it actually transferred is what I did, like uh, all the quests I did for uh, yeah. for certain characters, because the characters referred to previous deeds I did. So possibly that, because otherwise, uh, I don't think I had the exact level in Trails in the Sky second mm. chapter. Not quite sure. I, I I should look more into it, but right now, until I finish playing all of them, I'm really really scared to look anything up on the internet because I would <laughs> I could just stumble upon a spoiler somewhere. So yeah, I usually no. just um, just ask a fellow community member who knows all the games and has brought me into into the, those uh, games in the first place. So we talk a lot about those games, and he also tries to not say anything at all about anything even not uh, like a reaction sometimes could mm-hmm. could throw me off and uh, get my analysis brain is going so it's really hard for him to talk about certain things or even react or say something but yeah i i probably should should ask him a little bit what what's actually behind the transfer i should have done this before this episode actually it's all but, good i was just wondering but it does make yeah. sense what you're saying for them to do that with uh with remake just you start you have all of your abilities Mm, yeah exactly i don't know I, it would make sense if you have all of your abilities but the abilities are scaled with your stats right yeah. and not the weapon stats or how much damage that you would do with those yeah. abilities depend on the weapon you have equipped as well no i think the abilities have no? in themselves just stats like a base attack oh. stat or a base uh pressure stat or something like that they have stats really? and then your hmm. your your uh character stats just or added to it. So, like, if I do Braver with a Nail Bat, like, the damage that I'm doing is not different from if I use Braver with, like, a Buster Sword? Uh, it is different because the the strength also differs between weapons. Yeah, so that might be a way as well where you yeah. said it's not overpowered because, yes, you start, you have all of your abilities, but you don't have the weapons, so then you're... It, and if the Buster Sword is the only one you get to keep mm-hmm. whether it's fully upgraded or not maybe it's not maybe it's like level one like a basic buster sword then you're just doing you have all the abilities available but you're not doing massive damage yeah so it's not considered like op yeah ex- exactly it's just balanced to to the gaming question like part two it's just balanced in a way that uh it, you do the damage that they tend you to do and all successive um Weapons are just just like on the level of the Buster Sword, basically that it, it, it that it feels the same as in the the first game, whether upgraded or not. Just that it feels the same. That if you get the next um, next uh, weapon, mm-hmm. you already have a few uh, skill points. You can uh, you can then upgrade your weapon a little bit, and then it's basically on the same level as the Buster Sword, just with a different with a different focus, maybe focus on speed or strength or magic or whatever. So that it feels the same, and then it doesn't really matter uh, which weapon you are using per mm-hmm. se, but it does if one weapon has a, a higher strength stat, then of course yeah. everything is stronger. But then you maybe don't have as, as much defense, so you get you take more damage. It's a trade-off that's already already there in part one. So I don't think this is actually a problem at all. Mm. It's just numbers that that they have to make sure that it it fits for for the game, the, the, the progression mm-hmm. and the starting point in the next game. So 
so yeah, as I said before, the abilities can all remain, even the limit breaks. And then um, you don't get all new abilities. Like uh, if I, I think we have like seven abilities per character. And if we have 14 abilities at the end of part two, it would probably be a little bit too much. So maybe we get three more or something to get to 10. But others then get upgraded. As I said before, uh, the triple slash uh, will be upgraded to quadruple slash. Braver is maybe super braver. I don't know. Just uh, that some, some abilities got replaced by um, stronger versions or better versions. Because I really like the, the trails approach in that regard. Mm. Otherwise, if you have too many too many abilities, it gets probably overwhelming, and some you might not use much because then it's really hard to balance everything around all the abilities you have. That's also a problem, I think. It could work, of course, and some people love love a huge list of abilities they can choose from. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Because then, like you have, you wrote the ability list will just explode. So like you have this huge menu of abilities mm. that you have to scroll through and decide which one that you want to use. Yeah. Will be really tedious. Yeah, exactly. If every single game you have weapons that yeah. have abilities that you unlock and you have every single ability from every part, then... But the original was kind of like that too because like your materia, like the whole menu system fair. of master materia is like it had every single spell from yeah, every materia fair. in the menu like... That is that is true. Maybe there's a way they can do it so it's like uh, more. It's better organized. You do yeah. have them all, but it's just more. Maybe more accessible. pages, like uh, categories, like pure attack skills. Then you add uh, abilities. Then you have pure support abilities, and then you just switch pages. Also, I don't know something like that. It's. I think it could work, but I personally think less is more, so that especially the. Uh, the balancing and the gameplay can be uh, crafted in a way that all those abilities come in handy at some point. So uh, some some mm-hmm. enemies need to be tackled with those abilities because those are more effective against those enemies. Other enemies uh, demand for a little bit different approach, so other abilities come more um, useful. Stuff like that. And if you have like 14 and 21 or even 28 abilities, if we talk four parts and at the end... It's like, okay, this this like feels a bit too overwhelming and we have so many junk in there. Half of it is mostly not even uh, usable or maybe it is, but it's, it's just, just too much for the average brain, I guess. But again, it's, that, that's just uh, trying to look into the future how it would feel, but it's hard to say if it's really that way. Uh, still, the remake system, while heavily on the action side, is still kind of an ATB uh, menu-based system. Yeah. So even, as I said, in the original, you had this huge magic list. Huge. Even, like, uh, at the three columns, and you have to scroll scroll down if you have Master Magic, or even Master Command, you had three columns on the main main menu, main battle menu. So maybe it could work. I just hope it's 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 well well balanced that um, all the abilities have their place in the games they appear in, and we don't lose any abilities. That's why I think we should have the abilities we we receive by with new weapons. Let's say six weapons per game, 
as in the first one. Three of them have new abilities, three of them upgrade abilities we already, already have. For example, Aerith's Arcane Ward is just bigger, and uh, if you cast a spell from there, it hits three times mm-hmm. instead of two, something like that. But then I was thinking as well, if they have uh, introduction of some kind of a new battle system mechanic, like for example, team-up attacks, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. the menu is changing again. Fair. With like even more. That. Yeah, true. There are also those... Um... Like if they decide to integrate those from intermission. I hope so. Which I think that they're going to do. Yeah, certainly. But maybe it could be an explanation why you can't use the original abilities anymore because you have to relearn them, but as a team-up attack, so it's braver, but it's called something different because it's braver mixed with like somebody else is doing the attack with you. I think, um, well, in, in intermission, it was like, uh, like this. You had Windstorm and which was the other one? Uh, Windstorm and War, something of war. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Art of war. Art of war. Exactly. Thank you. Art of war, which Yuffie could execute herself, or when synergized with Sonon, it was synergized Art of war and synergized Windstorm. So mm. it's and but but only those two, not the other abilities. So I think there are only select abilities which mm. are able to have a synchronized version or which do have a synchronized version of uh, of them for example braver probably hmm. doesn't really make sense but yeah. maybe uh infinity's end does because it's a wind up and tifa sits on the blade and then instead of yeah. hitting the enemy he uh chucks tifa into the air hits the enemy and tifa then uh, strikes down as as well something like that just maybe it doesn't really work like that but I can see that, that certain abilities that uh, receive a synergized version, but that is not really part of the weapon system because you still need to learn those abilities. It's just in a synergized mode, you have the synergized version of it. Uh, you, just, you, you only need it to learn it to access it. Synergized, non-synergized. So I think this per- uh, works perfectly well beside each other. Unless they change it again, of course, as you said. <laughs> Well, they might not have that ability until later when you encounter Yuffie, and then she like, like she trains you or something. You get that because oh, that was I her see. thing with um. Yeah, that, that, with that's Sonon. a good idea. Yeah, that that she's the one who introduces synergized attacks with all the others because Cloud, Tifa, Barrett, Aerith, and Red mm-hmm. Thirteen didn't do that before. They on, only attacked on their own, and then Yuffie comes along and then brings this into the team. This would actually be pretty awesome because. Then she's not just uh, this random girl who gets into the, the party and uh, yeah, we just take her with us because it's, it's a JRPG. But she mm-hmm. actually has something to contribute to the group. She can uh, maybe she even appears with somebody else and uh, fights against us with uh, mm. some uh, some other guy or gal she um, <laughs> recruited on the way, and then uses <laughs> synergized attacks. And then we ask her, "Wait, what did you do that?" Oh, it's that's pretty pretty cool. You don't know that? I'll teach you. And this mm-hmm. is her way to get into the group to later then steal the materia, like contribute something that they that so they want her to stick around mm-hmm. and get her trust or earn her trust. But then, yeah, Wutai comes and <laughs> she betrays us all. <laughs> but that's actually a really good good thought. I haven't thought about that. And then for the abilities and limit breaks, I thought maybe Chadley could give us like a bracelet or something like that so that we can use them because they are in the system that he uses or something like that, like uploads them there. 
Oh, you mean that uh, we lose some, but he uh, gives us some back, basically? Yeah, like he might be like, hey, I've, you know, found, well, I was able to upload the data for a previous um, ability or some, or battle mechanic, um, but it's like, it happens throughout the story. It's not like mm-hmm. you just get all of them at the beginning. Kind of like how, what's his name, um, Ignis will say like, I've come up with a new oh, recipe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like, it's a certain time, like it's not like all the time. Yeah. But it's a bracelet or some kind of a wearable thing that gives you an additional ability. It enables you to be able to do those. I don't know. Or maybe weapons only provide new abilities, but Chadley is able to upgrade them. Like we, we use mm. them, like, like there's, there's, there, are, there are certain character-based uh, VR missions where we need to mm. do something with this specific ability. And then if we mm. uh, uh, yeah, accomplish like this mission, simulation. then this ability is upgraded. Mm-hmm. To like true braver or something like that. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> also, something to think about. Pretty cool. Chadley is is very useful if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. And regarding limit breaks, I, I thought about this not too long ago. Uh, in the first game, we acquired two limit breaks. One is default, and we learn a second mm-hmm. one. In the original game, we had four levels, four limit break levels. And on yeah. each level, besides the, the last one, we had two limit breaks. So what if in each part we learn two more? Or maybe the last mm-hmm. part, just one more, like the, 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 uh, the ultimate one. Yeah. The only thing that speaks against it is Barrett already learned his ultimate, the catastrophe. Now... Maybe it just it can learn different ones, like the the, the um, mind blow where where he does MP damage still works because this is uh, completely beside all his um, like strength doesn't really yeah. account anything besides just okay now the enemy has less MP. This works on any level, so he could even uh, learn this in part three, three basically. But he should yeah. in part two because I think it was uh, the first on level two. Is level two limit break the first one? Was it, I think? Um, yeah, but then they just need to create new ones for Barrett at least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they could change his um, current limit breaks that currently exist and just create a new one, give it a new name. Maybe it's a different take on a pre existing one. Mm, yeah, but then they need to change something he already learned like basically rewrite his memory like oh i forgot about catastrophe but now i know uh what was his second one i don't remember i'm bad at this (laughs) but yeah just just is this normal second limit break yeah but in remake remake hasn't i mean remake is different than the og so yes you might have learned you know a different uh his different limit break like that you learn at that point in the game it's just there's a bunch that he hasn't had yet so what i meant was they could take one of the ones that he hasn't had yet modify it and just give it a different name because catastrophe has already been used as his yeah. final one yeah yeah well he could just just learn a completely different one which is extremely badass like this his rail gun yeah. in advent children or something like that I don't know. yeah maybe they come up with a completely different like a new one with a different name or yeah. But yeah, I thought that too because I did look at the limit break list 
And I was mm. like, okay, so it looks like I would say two new ones for each part. Yeah. But the last one would have maybe one ultimate, the one ultimate one, because there's one left. Yeah, because you already have seven. six. And then you start the last part. Exactly. Yeah. Then you start the last yeah. part the, uh, with all those uh, which came before. Then you only learn one. And maybe you even have to go through a special character quest mm-hmm. to learn this, not just yeah. uh, win in the battle square or so, or defeat this enemy, but actually, yeah. uh, oh, oh, idea. In um, in the original, Cloud tells all the others to to go back to their families or loved ones to really think about: Do I want mm. this? Uh, uh, like, get to their own own resolution, make their own resolution mm-hmm. to to keep going and only come back when they really want to save the world, whatever you. And this could be the part where all of them have to basically have their (gasps) final character quest, where they get their final limit break. And Cloud and Tifa have also to go through some last, I don't know, bonding quest, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Or or, or maybe she wants to go to Sangha and Cloud has nowhere to go and she she just tags along and Sangha teaches her that and then uh, at the same time something else happens and Cloud learns his ultimate, I don't know, something like that. I'd really lo- I really love that uh, special character quests where you learn ultimates. Maybe there's a secret part in her book or some chapter missing, like a missing chapter yeah. that she gets from her. Uh, remember the books? Yeah, yeah exactly. That the she books. Yeah. The, uh, the, from the, the stances and the, the techniques. Yeah. From Trace of Two Pass or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Go into detail about right because didn't hers get destroyed or something like that? Anyway, it doesn't matter. But yeah, something to do with that. <laughs> I think it did. And then she received the, the one from this other guy who, whose name I forgot. The, the, yeah, 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 yeah. The crappy yeah, yeah. one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who basically betrayed her a little bit. <laughs> but maybe there's like a long lost chapter that she goes and finds somewhere. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, that totally makes sense. That would be awesome. Or just but learns that's... it by, by fighting Zangan. Like this, it's, it's nothing mm. you can learn from a technique book. You need to experience it. Like learn it through hardship learning through um training i don't know just her final yeah it's it's called final heaven mm-hmm. she needs to defeat her master and then she learns it and she de- only defeats it with her uh, her whole body and key compl- uh, mm-hmm. completely in in tune and this final strike the final heaven strike defeats then um Sangen and she learns her final limit break something like that i mm-hmm. I'd, I'd really love that that would be case. cool if he yeah. was actually in the game yeah, I was thinking if they aren't going to put him in, you know what I mean? But if they do, that would be cool. Yeah, I think they planned it because there is um, artwork of Sangan. Yeah. So I really, really hope that he will get some uh, mm-hmm. screen time in some parts. And also the limit breaks that we've been talking about as well. It's just assuming that there's going to be four parts. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Maybe there's three three, and they do something completely different, yeah. Exactly. Like two per part, and then the last one you get one, but anyways. Yeah, exactly. So, shall we ta- talk about summons and the materia again? <laughs> <laughs> Although I now I th- I think I'll I'll just go with the with the level um yeah level thing first because we already talked about this a little bit and you already revealed it a little bit but <laughs> <laughs> since we reached level fifty and if we want to keep going we'll 
depending on how many parts there will be, will reach level 150 or even 200 at the end, if they keep this pace mm -hmm. going. If, that is. And if they also keep the stats, and we already uh, have a 9,999 HP level cap, and 999 MP, mm -hmm. then what about the last? Are, are we then all, almost have 1 million HP or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's really hard to predict, but it doesn't really feel right if the stats just keep rising and keep rising, keep rising. They could do something like this, but yeah, maybe maybe not. Maybe this, this level 50 is just a, a one-off because it worked for this game. Because, and here is my approach, if we assume four games, part mm -hmm. one is actually just a prologue to the trilogy, and that the trilogy mm -hmm. recounting the new reality, the unknown journey. Yes. I wrote yes in bold letters. Exactly. I wrote, yes. <laughs> I had this exact thought. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Good, good. We're on the same page. I love that. So basically, the first game had its own encapsulated balancing. It's, it's a start, uh, middle and end. Balancing stops there and gameplay is just isolated in this game. And now, all the other parts where there are two or three or more, I don't really, no one care right now, but they now have, or are able to like create a balancing system, a whole gameplay and progression system over the rest of the games. Mm -hmm. So that they already know how everything works, how all the progression transfer between part two, three, or even four works, as everything yes. has been worked out. So that now you basically lose everything because of the singularity what I talked about before. Mm -hmm. And then we start the new and then we just keep keep getting new progressing. stuff. Keep progressing. Yeah, actually progressing through the rest of the story as if we were playing the original yes. game and just swapping discs. You just basically. plopped in the disc. Yeah. Yep, exactly. I was like, that just makes sense. Yeah. To me, that also makes them the most sense. And then um, if they thing is maybe the next part is also isn't too crazy like maybe we're also already reset to maybe two or four hundred hp maybe it would feel weird mm -hmm. but it could work if it's if it's uh well explained because yes, otherwise exactly. we just yeah the numbers would explode it could work but let's just assume numbers get reset levels get reset mm -hmm. everything gets reset see yes i have an explanation for why clouds would be reset but like then i'm I'm, I can't really think of a reason for the other party members. Mm. Like, that's my problem. Because Cloud is obviously having, like, mental issues, right? Yeah. And with the flashback happening, potentially experiencing that again, he has these mind issues where it's like, that could actually cause him to... To revert, basically? To revert, yeah. Okay. So, like, okay, he's reset. But then what about the rest of them? Yeah. <laughs> because they don't have that problem. So, what? Do, yeah, so, like, that's my biggest issue. If they can explain it narratively. Yeah, for sure. But I think the, 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 the approach of the singularity and switching from uh, memory mm -hmm. to new reality, I think this, this is what works best for resetting everything for all characters. Because mm -hmm. you can just say, magic, and everything is good. <laughs> 
basically. And then they can even end at, uh, well, it really depends. You can end at level 99 at the end of the, la the last part and at 9,999 HP, but then there mm -hmm. would be so little progress in one game. So, for example, only until like around 3,500 HP, and they need to work with uh, soft, uh, soft caps that you can't, like in the Trails games, you will get, uh, you will receive less and less and less EXP that at yeah. some point you just can't exactly. level up more. You just can't, yeah. Yeah. And maybe the level cap isn't 100, maybe it's like 25, so it's 75. But the amount of experience that you need obviously is increasing. Yeah. Over time, because you need more and more and more and more and more to get higher level. But like you said, you don't get as much from the enemies either. So mm -hmm. it makes sense. Like yeah. if they do what's, what you said uh, Trails does. Yeah. And if we ex accept, expect four parts, then we have three parts where this all takes place, meaning we have soft cap at level 33, and then 66, and then 99. Yeah. That it's without mm -hmm. cheating, it's impossible to exceed level 33, but you don't need to get that far. You can uh, end yeah. at level 30 and it's fine. Maybe with HP, it's a little bit different. Maybe it, the first one ends with also a, a HP cap of of uh, 10,000 minus one. Mm -hmm. Because of the HP plus materia and stuff like that, it's probably hard to make a soft cap. Or they could make a soft cap and you could, if you're, if you're able with the materia to go over 10,000, which is fine. Because in Crisis Core, for example, you, the, the hard cap was at 99,000, whatever. So it it was very high, but you were only able to get as high if you um, equipped yeah. multiple extremely high level uh, HP plus material and stuff with a fusion mm -hmm. with, with the fusion system. I think at one point I had like seventy five thousand HP or something like that. Um, it, it is possible. So I think mm -hmm. soft cap really works because then you don't feel like they prevent you from. Yeah. going over this very arbitrary and specific cap or la line or limit. You just can't get any further because, well, everything is too easy for you. All the monsters are so weak and you're pretty much strong. You, you don't really get any, any experience. It's like if you do the same thing over and over again at some point, it's just you can do it in your sleep. It doesn't bring you forward. You need to do new stuff. You need to find new obstacles, new uh, yeah. things to overcome, new challenges to to um develop yourself further and gain more experience. It's basically the same here. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. People would like that, I think. I think people would be upset because it changes the grinding yeah. formula that Final Fantasy games have had where you can just like continuously farm like one area because these specific enemies give so much XP. Oh, for sure, yeah. I'm pretty sure there will be uproar because, oh, it's not exactly like before and uh, I want to grind, <laughs> I want to, want to be OP, blah, blah, blah. Like, even yes. Remake Part 1, like, you could only grind so much. Yeah, the, right? this, the soft cap was basically, at some point, the monsters just weren't there anymore. I think ah. in some areas, they just didn't, didn't pop up. You beat them, and if you backtrack, they're not there anymore. I think mm. they are in, or some at least are in the drum, like certain. Uh, okay. Yeah. Not the fail experience, the, the unknown entities. 
they roam again. And maybe some bloodhounds. But all those spe- yeah. uh, specific entities and, and, and enemies are not there anymore. Like the uh, the moth unit and the uh, sledge worm, they're all gone. But mm-hmm. the, those normal ones, the blood, bloodhounds and the unknown entities, I think they still roam because I once went back because it, it asks you, do you really want to continue? Do you want to enter the elevator yeah, because exactly. we can't, can't return? Then I thought, okay, I'll try to see what is actually there. Is, is there a point in going back? And it wasn't because you can't just open chests you haven't before and maybe f- battle a few enemies, but that's about it. Yeah, it's like at the end of a side quest, it's like, do you want to return to the side quest person? And I would be like, no. Oh. And then I'd have to walk <laughs> back. But then when you're ra- walking back, like after you've already killed all the enemies, there, yeah. there aren't any more, I don't think. Exactly. I don't no, think I... they repopulate. Yeah. Well, I... Th- yeah, in the Telega factory, I think a few do respawn. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I was in the factory multiple times and yeah. they just had the same enemies there, but it's only certain areas. Yeah. But it's it's not as prevalent as in the original game, of course, because we don't have random encounters anymore. Yeah, exactly. So for that, grinding wasn't really that possible in any way. Mm-hmm. Grinding was a thing in VR, of course. In VR, you could grind mm. grind away and in, right. the, in the Coliseum. I think that's where you, you were able to grind. Or? Nah, no, not, nah, I don't think so. You were gr- able to grind materia, but I don't think you got experience points, or did you? I don't actually remember. I don't remember if you get experience points. You definitely get AP. I think you do, because I, I, in, in intermission, I did grind in the, uh, in the VR. Uh, in, this, in the simulator in, mm-hmm. at the beginning of chapter 2. I did grind there and reach level 50 and then finished leveling the materials. Yes, you, you, you can in VR. You can. So if there's no VR in, in the subsequent parts, then I guess no grinding. Unless they all respawn if you're uh, far away enough and then you return. And you can grind. But then if there's no soft cap, if, if the experience points remain the same all the way through from each enemy then uh, they need to introduce hard caps and hard caps are usually best for 50 or 99 or 999 those things which mm. we are which we expect from final fantasy especially 7 mm-hmm. but yeah I, I can see many things happening here or many things um, coming for future parts some Unorthodox, like uh, <laughs> I explained with uh, the trails approach, or just higher. Um, well, it is possible, I think, if if they really want to go off the rails with uh, with the numbers and uh, convey to us that we are so extremely powerful by the end. At the end of part two, it's nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine again, then one digit more at the end of part mm-hmm. three, and then one digit more at the end of part four then we're really, really, really high. It would be kind of insane, <laughs> but they could. Otherwise, they would maybe um, cap at 20,000 or 50,000 HP at the end of part yeah. three, and the part four would then be 100,000 behind one. Yeah, but we need, it. we need that because then if we're fighting the weapons at the end, like... Oh, right. We're gonna need we're gonna need that much damage, man. Like, come on. Like, Probably. I feel like these they're gonna be huge and they're gonna have huge HP pools and do huge, massive amount of damage. Yeah, 
So it would make sense. Yeah, da damage output I can see. For example, in uh, Final Fantasy thirteen, the yeah. uh, HP cap I was, was just about to say that. Yeah, was at five digits, but the damage cap was actually at six digits because there were some attacks mm -hmm. that just ignored everything and you were able to actually deal yeah. a million damage in one hit if you wanted to. And you were you needed to do that in order to defeat one of the long guys in uh, yeah. with five stars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. It can be done. It can be done. There are different approaches and I personally don't really mind which one. It just needs to work. And I really really hope they spread the progression over the the remaining games that's yeah that everything transfers so that we even are able to transfer materia and this is also the next point solutions for materia um i think i'll do summons first because this is much easier i think there are only two versions we we can which is because the singularity resets everything, then we just need to re-obtain all of them. For example, Chocobo and, and Moogle again at the, the uh, farm, Shiva again in Junon, just as we did in the, in the original game. Basically, almost the same, mm. actually. Just maybe distributed a little bit better, so that each game has around the same amount um, of summons, and Bahamut again in the next one. And then Neo Bahamut, and then Bahamut Zero in the last one. Given we have four parts. Yeah, that's, that's, that's always um, what needs to happen, because otherwise if there are only three parts in total, we have two parts to go and then everything falls flat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, but it's fine, it's fine. I, I think re-obtaining re them and then obtaining new ones should, should work. Because not having Ifrit and Shiva and the others at all in subsequent parts would feel weird. Especially if we're able to carry everything over. Because in the end, I do want to have all of them. Summons. Absolutely. Definitely. You're thinking of reobtaining all of them from their original locations in part two to four? Yes, exactly. Because in the original game, the first summon we were able to obtain is Chocomog, which you can uh, get by... Uh, telling the birds to dance for you, the chocobos in the ranch, in the chocobo mm -hmm. form. And this is basically the next, uh, next location after Calm. And getting the first okay. summon there would make sense, in my opinion. And then the next one is at Junon. We get Shiva from Priscilla. We get Ifrit uh, in, uh, on the Junon ship, cargo ship, after the fight against Genova. And Titan in the the busted reactor in Gungaga, which would be a new one. Uh, oh, before that, Ramu again in a gold saucer before the Chocobo races. And I think... Oh, Levi Leviathan in Wutai, but if we say four parts and part two ends at Nibelheim, no Leviathan in the next part. And no Bahamut either, which would be a shame. So I think Bahamut should be switched around a little bit. But yeah, it's it's... There are so many, so many variables, but I think the main, main takeaway is let us reobtain all of those and then just let us uh, carry them over to all the other parts. I think that would be the best solution. Hmm. You're, you're using the, like, the singularity... As the reason that they're gone. 
And it could be a possibility. Listen, we got those. Didn't we get those? Oh, we picked some of them up, though. Yeah. yeah. Didn't we get them from the VR? Because that would make sense because they weren't even real. Potentially, they were just from the VR system. So they're like copies of the Mm. real ones in the real world because Chadley has the data. So Exactly. But we did actually pick some of them up in the real world, like on the ground. Chocobo Moogle in in chapter six in the vent and Ifrit we received from Jesse at the end of chapter three or yeah, it was the end of chapter three. Hmm. I think the other ones were VR missions. Pretty sure. That would make sense. But if you if you consider the whole first part happening in in memories in the in the planet's memories, then all of them are memories, oh, whether right. crafted by Chadley or obtained That's anywhere. True. It's just the memory of of those, so it doesn't really matter either way, in my opinion. But now, that's true. We're in the, the the rewritten timeline, the new reality as it's being written. Like we, there are two things to to uh, look about it. Either reality is rewritten completely as i suggested in uh game analysis number 24 uh, about Aerith. it's like basically uh, also the physical reality is completely rewritten then then we just go through it or which probably makes more sense that the actual reality is seven seconds before the end which which is where sephiroth hails from and goes back to change memories but after the singularity everything from there up to uh, seven seconds until the planet's demise, where the actual present resides. There's, as you said before, a ripple effect going through the memories, changing the memories, like a- according to how we interact now with the world and t- what what Cloud and the others do, which basically sets the new reality into stone. And then when we um, reach the seven seconds until the end, it changes the reality to according to what we did before what we did differently before which changes the starting point for Sephiroth at the end of the world which allows him to then survive or do whatever he wants to do then to not fade away with the planet which is doomed to die mm-hmm. anyway without him being able to do anything about it so yeah that's uh, that's basically the thing and this ripple effect is we playing through the game again or again yeah well not quite again but we play through um the original um uh, chain of events but i i think all those will be will differ more and more and more the main cha- main events will still be there mm-hmm. the, the main order or the order of the events will still be there but the details will differ more and more and more until the end which where it completely goes off the rails probably so are there any summons that we don't get? Like, let's say at the story, I forget when we pick them up in the original game. So like, let's say the beginning of part two in remake, are we just going to be picking up the summons that we already had from part one? Let's say, like you said, everything's rewritten and that's the reason why they're all gone. Because mm-hmm. then there's a little bit of excitement taken away because we don't have any summons in part two that we didn't have in part one. So it's a little bit disappointing. Yeah. So are there any that from like let's say we're going up until um what did you say it was the end of part two you said it was uh nibelheim yes so there are three actually well two and a half because ramu we got in intermission but not for the main party so ramu would be no new to cloud and the others 
and Titan would be completely new and Odin would be oh. completely new. Okay, so that makes sense then. Because I was just thinking like it does it would be disappointing because yeah. then we would already ha- we're picking up ones that we already have that we already used. Yeah. But I think it makes sense to to pick up the elemental ones first that we have all the elements or most of the elements. Absolutely. And then when we pick up Titan, well, maybe we we get the earth material before, I don't know, but I really hope mm. that the earth element will be a thing uh, going forward. Yeah. That would make sense. And then also they could just do DLC um summons like they did do with remake part one where we had oh, like, for the sure, Kaptar yeah. and yeah like the other uh, summons it was uh, um, carbuncle and chobochik yeah so you know that keeps it exciting as well because yeah. we just have some that weren't even in the original game that they just made and gave us so that would be well they we didn't get them unless you pre-ordered i think yeah. or you could actually purchase them later but you could put purchase them yeah yeah so that's an idea as well just to keep it yeah. like fresh or something like that yeah tomberry for example because he was mm-hmm. a summon in final fantasy 8 yeah that's what another thing that i was gonna say would they not just create like a new summon or they would Maybe. just use summons from across the series basically that yeah. we normally wouldn't have well I'm, I'm pretty sure they will recreate all the summons from the original game which are i think 16 if i remember correctly and 16 are plenty and yeah, then the true. rest should be DLC, like uh, Tonberry or what else would be there. Uh, yeah, from the top of my head, it's, it's hard to, to just recount all all the Final Fantasies and which ones would make the most sense. Yeah. But yeah, I can see a few of them, or just completely new ones that haven't existed before. Maybe we can summon Gilgamesh or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome, actually. Let's say up until the point that we get the first summon from Part Two, though, like. They could have the DLC just like part one where you can unlock summoning right from the beginning if you have like Chocolate oh, yeah. or you have like um, Carbuncle, then mm. you can do that. But if you don't have those, you don't get that ability until the first summon yeah. material that you actually receive, which is why the menu pops up and everything. Exactly. So it could just be similar where you have some that you can use from the beginning, maybe DLC or something like that so that you have some, but it's not replacing like the main ones that you get in throughout the story basically yeah yeah that's i I think we're on the same page there yeah definitely yeah yeah so i think summons is uh pretty easy to handle i hope they do it this way Mm -hmm. but it's the elemental materia normal materia is not that much of of an issue but elemental materia the thing is we we already leveled them up to to the ga spell to the ga level Mm -hmm. run ga and well, since the singularity happened, everything is new now. Learning everything from from the beginning, well, it's a little bit tedious, but it makes sense. It's fine. But then part three, and if there is a part four, then again, learn fire, 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 and blizzard again and again and again. Uh, probably not. So I came up with two ideas. Uh, the first one I already had in 2019, which is that Back then, I expected three parts. So the first part had just fire, 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 rocker. And the other one that... No, the other way around. You had fire one, two, three, just in the original yeah. game. And then part two had the fire, the, the fire material instead of fire. Or blizz, uh, blizzara or uh, uh, thundara material. One, two, mm. three, two, three levels, but just at the higher, higher level spell. Sense. And then in the last one, the the Fire Rocker and Blizzard and and 
uh, Aeroga Materia level 1, 2, 3. Yeah. But it's it doesn't work because we already got the, the, the round Gospels, so it could be uh, like just the, the Fire 2 Materia or like the Fire... I don't know, just just, just like a or a fire beta material or something with a fire fire beta and fire ga beta and gamma. I don't know, just something that's that tells us okay, it's the the next iteration. But I think this feels a little bit weird. So what could work is higher level spells like ja and za, and those already have precedence. For example, in Final Fantasy VIII, uh, there is a a guardian force called. The Diablos, and when you uh, fight against him, he, he casts Gravitas, I think it's called, the, the spell, gravitation spell, the percentage damage. But he can also cast it onto all of the characters uh, simultaneously, like a, an area of effect version, which is called Gravija. Mm. And the Za spells uh, make their appearance in Kingdom Hearts. For example, uh, Mickey once uh, casts Stop Za. Maybe a minor spoiler, but you don't really know where and how and doesn't really matter. But it's it's like a, a super stop spell. And in uh, in, in Kingdom Hearts uh, Birth by Sleep, Fragmentary Passage 2.8, however it, this <laughs> name is called, this is the most egregious title ever. Um there and in Kingdom Hearts 3, if you you can by by comboing against enemies, you can uh and if you don't only use attacks but uh like a water spell or something, then when you when you combo enough, you get uh special abilities that you can uh like ex- execute by pressing triangle. And if you cast water, then you have water za. For example, it's just a, a mm. huge mega water explosion as a as a finishing attack, basically. But you need to build it up with combos. So this is also a possibility that, uh, let's say in part two, it's uh, Raga, normally, as in part one, just a repeat. And then in part three, we already start with Ga spells and then learn the Ja spell within the same material. We could just, uh, like... Um, take this massive material, which then gets a, an additional star for the Ja spell. And then in uh, in the last part, if there are four, Za spell. Fyraza or Blizzaza, whatever. Maybe it gets a little bit uh, um, clowny, clown-worldly, because at some point it's just, okay, what, what suffix are we using next? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think this is something they could do because then we can take the whole leveled up materia and still use it, but also level it up again or even further. So that's that's my my thinking that mm-hmm. uh, that this way we can uh, carry over elemental materia even if it's maxed out. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that it's going to be in part two that we're just going to get fire? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Part two is a complete reset. This this is my prediction. Complete reset. Maybe mm-hmm. not uh, the uh, base weapons, of course. Maybe those are still maybe as a top before leveled up or something. But otherwise, it's a complete reset. But then, since it's the new reality, the unknown journey, this unknown journey should be uninterrupted until the end. So progression transfer should happen, in my opinion, for everything. 
So I have an idea as well. So I'm thinking potentially maybe in part three, we get access to it's like a materia system, kind of like what um, Scarlet had in the lab where she was like supercharging materia. So maybe Mm. what we do is we combine materias together to give us more powerful materia. So it's like you have Fyra and two Fyras to make a Fyraga or something like that, or two. Like you fuse them together to make them more powerful. Now I don't know if I if it would look like a supercharged materia attack. Hmm. Does that make sense? Because there was that story arc where like we had an episode intermission where yeah. Yuffie was there to find the ultimate materia or the what did she call it? Ultimate materia, yeah. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. And then she gets to the lab and they're like testing a materia and they're like trying to supercharge it or like do something to it to like yeah, combine energize them. it. Yeah. So maybe she's successful at doing that and she somehow either Chadley finds it and has that technology. Oh, so then you right. have access to it. Yeah. And then you can add the materia together and you need a certain amount of Fyras to make one Fyraga. Maybe you need three Fyras or maybe you need three Fyragas to make one Fyraza. For example, yeah. Something like that, where you're combining them together. What game did I play? I played, I'm pretty sure I played a Final Fantasy game that did this. Um, uh, Crisis Core had Materia Fusion. But there's, usually you didn't, I think you could also gain more uh, powerful materia, but mostly by combining you, like, powered up or gave additional um, stats or higher stats to the materia or an additional effect. For example, to level up the... um, the HP materia to give you plus 20,000 or something. You had to just fuse and fuse. But it would tell you like the results of like, if you did combine this with this one, this is what the result would be. Is it lightning returns? It's not, it it might be lightning returns, but it's not a materia. It's. Oh, it's, it's accessories. Yeah. You can combine accessories. I think weapons i think that's what it is yeah it could be could be yeah but it's, it's not materia but it could work where because it's part of the story yeah and then it's a new system mm. so it's more yeah it's it's possible because crisis core did that so it's it's entirely possible that chadley uh invents quote unquote something new but he already knew that because he knows what or happened he accesses well. the data in the system from exactly. deep ground that scarlet yeah. is or that yeah for for the, the combination yeah exactly so there you go anyway that's my idea is that you fuse them together like materia fusion and then you get the higher level yeah. powered materia also again kingdom hearts uh, i think birth by sleep did it was it, was it only birth by sleep or late? I think it was only birth by sleep where it could uh, fuse magic because then you had there you had commands you need to need to slot into your uh, your menu and then mm-hmm. uh, during the game uh, during gameplay you executed only those attacks uh, or those uh, spells or commands within the list and they all had a cooldown so meaning those were items, basically. Just the spells and the commands were uh, were items, so to, so to speak, or just a, a thing, an object, yeah. not uh, like materia. But that's like in Final Fantasy VIII because it's the draw system. So you draw the spells from the enemies, right? And it's a con- it's a consumable though. 
Yeah, it's a consumable, but in, in Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, it's not a consumable, it's it's equipable. Oh. It's like a materia, but it's 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 just one thing that has this effect and it's and done. But you can combine them. You can okay. uh, combine two and then add a third, just uh, um, Interesting. An, an item or a shard or something, and then you can combine them. And for example, you have fire, fire or firogas or se- separate uh, commands. And if using two mm. fires yields a fire, using two fires yields a firaga, and using two firagas yields a dark firaga, for example. Ooh. Like uh, uh, just a, a higher tier of things or triple firaga is also a possibility there are there are a few a few of those this is also something i could see uh, not not necessarily just higher tiers like john za but, but yeah. actually a completely new like this triple firaga or this uh, dark firaga or a super firaga or a, interesting something like that with a with a uh, yeah. fusing them and then it's kind of like a crafting system because mm. maybe it'll tell you like which ones you need to create this. Oh, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> it's a material crafting system, mm. which would be super cool. Yeah, certainly. And it, they could use it narratively to make it make sense, like, you know, like explain mm. it so that it makes sense in the story and not just something that's like tacked on or whatever that don't make sense. But I think this is mm-hmm. a lot more interesting than, okay, part two, you get fire, fire and fireaga, and then part three you start with fire fire like it doesn't yeah, make sense it doesn't make sense yeah that's true how how are they gonna forget everything again in part three like i don't see no. that happening no like you said it's probably going to be progression the whole time so this would be like a new system that would keep it fresh mm. and yeah give us new materia these are supercharged materia so maybe yeah. there's materia that we haven't even seen in any of the games before because we don't have master materia well we didn't in remake part one they didn't have babies once we leveled them Mm, up unfortunately yeah you know (laughs) and we couldn't put them all together as like one materia so which Mm. i remember saying before that i was a little bit disappointed in that because i actually loved that part because i was like so op i had every single spell in like one materia yeah that's that's true right but then the whole upgrade system of the weapons really kind of like got rid of that because Mm. you needed because you had so many slots that you could have a multitude of different materia equipped but the original didn't have a weapon upgrade system so it helped with the limitations of the materia slots of the weapons by having the master materia because then you only need like one master magic materia with Mm. every single uh spell in it so it only took one slot yeah so maybe the master materials will not be making a comeback because of the level upgrading system with the weapons, but this could be a way for them to kind of give us something similar to that, where the material is just mm. like super super powered. Also, the uh, the up uh, not the upgrade system, the uh, balancing in general, because mm-hmm. remake has a hard mode, and the more restricted you are, the harder mm. it it gets. So you you can't just go absolutely crazy with all those mm-hmm. material combinations because you only have uh one um magnify material and you only have two elemental oh, material true. so we can't just uh make all of your all your three characters yeah. immune or even absorb ice oh, against bad, shiva though. for example because then shiva would just be a choke i wish they all had a magnify well <laughs> i really miss well that. that's that's fair yeah <laughs> but yeah it's 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 um it's a balancing um, yeah. issue, I think. Especially too, if we have more, we have more members of the party, so yeah. then we're only going to have two 
well there are, let's say we have two magnify then okay there's maybe there's if there's only three active party members in a battle at a time then mm. we works. can't like like how are you gonna you're gonna have to change your materia like for each well it also depends if they uh make use of you could a, do a loadout yeah loadout or, or make use of a system of a party switch or a character switch system like in final fantasy 10 yeah i would like that because I really love that, but this means you uh, when you have eight or nine characters, all of them need to be equipped fully, so that you can just uh, swap, switch around, switch around, and then you need a lot of materia. Yeah, that's the problem too, because if you have like Magnify on Aerith and you swap her mm-hmm. out for somebody else, like Yuffie or something like that, and she doesn't have it on her, so mm-hmm. you can't like go into the menu and change the swap the materia out. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you can. Maybe it's a loadout. So you can have that loadout loaded to Yuffie. So when she comes in, she has the materia that uh, Aerith had because they like swapped it. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of ways to be able yeah. to do that. Problem is, they probably don't have the same amount of slots in weapon and uh, armor. And then some materia just get lost, basically. Or some uh, slots are then empty because Aerith had only three in her weapon, mm-hmm. but Yuffie has five, so two are empty. So, but that's okay. It's part of the strategy, then, right? Like you have to make sure that you have. Yeah, but still, you don't really see it. You, you'd need to see what you get after the switch, and in the heat of the battle, you don't want to to look. Oh, okay, Yuffie uh, would lose those two material because she doesn't have enough slots in the armor, but uh, then. Uh, Two slots would would be wasted in in the armor because uh, in the in the weapon because she has two more than Aerith and this I think this would feel weird. So, in my opinion, gameplay wise, so that it really makes sense and also fun, you can equip all the characters in the menu. You can prepare everything because this is the point of uh, such a system that you prepare everything in the menu and then go into the fight and everything is prepared basically. So, yeah. So if you swap characters, it's what you did in the in the menu. Yeah, exactly. You, you you have this this character with this equipment with the, this material loadout in fr- from the menu, and you know what you get yeah. because you did it before. Yeah, but like if you only have two magnify, then that's then it. it's a problem. Like if you put yeah, if you put Yuffie in there, she doesn't have a magnify because you only have two. Then you have to strategize though and and realize mm-hmm. that okay, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which makes the strategy more in depth, which is what yeah. I like. Well, they can they can still uh, limit the amount of certain material, the, the number of certain material, the, the strong ones, so that you maybe you can only can only have three. So if you have five characters, three of them can have them. If the three of them are in the active party, fine. If you swap them out, okay. Well, bad luck. Then you need to do with uh, with the other material loadout. If they create a swapping system. If not, then it doesn't really matter because then after the fight you can go into the menu and just quick swap uh, everything. Uh, I, at least that's what I hope they will implement because the part one didn't have it. You had to manually switch every single piece of material between the characters, which yeah. was a chore. But it could be that they have different profiles. So you're like, okay, so mm. I want to set up my backup team to focus on healing. Mm. So it's like a pro- preset based on your inventory of material that you have. So you're not like stuck in a menu literally specifically assigning each one of the material to each one of the party members. You can be like, okay, I'm, I want this set up for like damage or offensive or defense oh, yes. or like each specific character so then when they come in, they can 
Oh yeah, for sure. Like it's, it's uh, set loadouts, but I hope they also implement a, a save. That a, oh well, a save. Um, like that you can save individual loadouts. You have uh, set a Barrett this way. Oh, save yeah, this no, configuration absolutely. with this weapon, this armor, and this those materials, and then you can uh, just do something else, and then switch back to that. So like, yeah, that you have the the, the loadouts, but still would have a few drawbacks. But still, it it could work better probably. Yeah, but I was just saying, if people didn't want to spend the time to be doing oh, that, yeah. then you can just go. Which I think remake already has something like that. It's like prefer damage, not damage, but like you can optimize your loadout or something like that, uh, so it looks at everything you have. Not material. This was for the upgrade system, the, the, the weapon upgrade system. You can. Automatically oh. distribute SP when you get them, so we can set it to auto prefer oh, attack, prefer okay. defense, or balanced. Mm. Well, something like that, but for materia would be nice. Yeah, it's probably t- extremely complicated to uh, create or code an algorithm that is satisfactory for yeah for the player. And because there are so many variables, you can have an infinite amount of uh, permutations in your inventory for the, the materia. So, like, if you yeah. say prefer healing, you can just fill, and then you have, like, seven um, healing materia. Then it just throws in all the heal materia, which probably wouldn't make sense. So only one. And then... Or support is what I meant. Like, it would yeah. be support, focus on support, and then it would have defense, debuffs... Uh, buffs and healing materia populated for that character. Yeah. But then, do, do, does the healing material receive the magnify material or not? Then, if it doesn't, you say no, I don't want that. Then you need to go in and manually adjust anything, uh, everything anyway. So I'm not quite sure if this would actually <laughs> work well because it. I'm pretty sure uh, that everybody, even if it says, if, if they say, okay, uh, do this, prefer this. But then it's it's uh, looks like something you don't personally want, or it doesn't still fit, and then you need to adjust things. I don't know if that's actually helpful. Maybe they can do something like this with AI, uh, uh, machine learning, and like train train the um, the automatic or the, the optimizer before shipping the game internally in by by equipment this and say okay I want this, and then say okay now you did this wrong. This is better, and then the 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 um, the AI knows. All right, so if if he asks this, and I have uh, all those material available, this uh, setup is better. And then train it. Maybe it even uh, keeps training uh, when you play the game or something like that, because AI is all all the the rage nowadays <laughs> everywhere, especially yeah. on the Microsoft side. So. That's the only thing I could see that they implement some sort of machine learning uh, materia uh, equipment optimizer or something like that. I was just talking about like the other members, the other party members that aren't in your main oh, three parties. Yeah. So basically it would optimize your materia placement, whatever's left in your inventory that mm. isn't being used by the three main party members that you actually have assigned that will be in the mm. battle when you initially go into a battle when you're fighting. In the original, it would be like that, right? Where you're like, okay, I'm starting a battle and it would have the three primary members. But now it's an action game, so it's different. But it's similar in that, well, okay, you get into a battle. If that's your main party members, that's who's there. But then I just mean like it's optimizing whatever's left in your inventory. So then if you tag out and Yuffie comes in, it's like a set 
set of spells that's been assigned by the optimizer that Mm. is based on your inventory unused material that's left in your inventory potentially but anyway who knows who knows yeah definitely (laughs) who knows yeah but i'm just thinking to you know gameplay um improvements that they can make potentially because some people i think were complaining like it was too chaotic they couldn't control what each person was doing they rather not control them so they wanted to have an optimized like ai for the party members when you're not physically controlling them Mm. and they wanted them to do like better things i guess or something like that like actually i don't know anyways but (laughs) yeah kind of went on a tangent here but that's fine that's what we do best (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i I think we have we've exhausted uh, solutions for materia Uh, if you have any more ideas dear listener just uh, comment and do what what you need to do to reach us we're open to more suggestions Mm -hmm. um gear i think we already talked a a lot about gear Mm -hmm. but i want to uh, brush one more topic and that's slots like in in the first game part one we have six slots and a sl- uh, or th- uh, three linked slot pairs if all weapons are upgraded so this is already pretty good and starting with that in the next part would be almost a little bit OP and that's mm. also another reason why, okay, reset everything, only leave the bosses sword, probably with uh, with uh, with only two linked slots again. Mm-hmm. And then just uh, upgrade it. And if they really do this, what I hope they do, part two, three, and maybe four has one overarching progression and everything carries over. And it's easy to not have us obtain too many uh, slots for each weapon. So that they're not overpowered when uh, the subsequent part mm-hmm. starts. Maybe a little bit, but then we get the new weapon and can already uh, upgrade this weapon a little bit and get maybe one, two slots, and then it's almost similar. Or maybe even uh, not have all weapons uh, be able to acquire all six slots, or maybe uh, later eight, so that some. Some mm-hmm. weapons are really, really strong, but have max four slots, or not, or maybe even only three slots, but they are really strong. So you need to say, okay, do I need the materia or do I need the strength? Or one has a really, really good def- defense stat, but also uh, maybe only four individual slots, no linked at all. So that you you need to see, to to decide how you want to play. Uh, some enemies probably don't need the crazy material combinations, but uh, maybe higher stats. But on the other hand, if it's now it's an action game, skill is also involved, so stats don't make too much of a difference if you're really good. So material is the way to go, so it's probably not a good idea to restrict material slots. It's hard to say, but it's something to consider, especially for accessories, uh, not accessories, uh, for armor. Because they have they they are not upgradable at least not yet, and they stopped with four slots. And in subsequent parts, I hope they uh, have maybe part two has also four slots max. Part three then has six slots max, and part four has eight slots max. If there are four, if there are three, it's easier. But just um, the, 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 the amount of slots and linked slots should also be considered uh, 
for progression. So, so that the, the, the strongest accessories and armor are not too OP when the next part starts and you can carry everything over. Yeah. So that the most of them get maybe obsolete and you can sell them if you want to get more uh, more money, more gill if you need them. If you don't, you just retain them. Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Because stats is much easier to handle. And that the max stats for, for the armor is just basically the baseline for the, the, the weaker, weaker armor in uh, the next game. This is a difficult one. It is because if we're limiting the number of materia slots that are unlockable in the upgrade system, then we're also making it very difficult to choose like what materia we're going to use because we're limited. We can't equip as many, but we have more party members. That's also true. Yeah. So that might help with not having six. Yeah. At the end of part two in the Buster Sword. Yeah. Or something like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I understand what you're saying because then it can't be too OP. So then when we start part three, we have six material slots and then what? The, it upgrades to like 10 and then we're like, it's too much. It's, it is too much. I think eight, eight is pretty good for, for the end, for the last part. Yeah, exactly. But since we have more party members, they can hold more material. Mm-hmm. But then we need to swap the, the character swap system. We in, do. In the, we yeah. need a character swap system. Yes. Exactly. Because then, like, we, if we use Aerith, we're using abilities. We're summoning with Aerith. The summon stays there. Then you leave. Or I guess they all have a summon in the way. Yeah, but they all have a summon, yeah. Yeah, so let's say it's... So she, you use her and you heal everybody. And then we go magnify haste. And then we tag her out. And yet somebody else come in who has different materials that you want to use mm, in yeah. the battle so you're not necessarily restricted by not having as many slots is what yeah. i'm trying to say yeah, like yeah. that it would makes counteract sense, yeah. that mm. also what would help is what we talked about the materia fusion system so that maybe you can fuse time with something that's similar and then the spells yeah are you combine the spells yeah yeah the, the spells are in the same menu mm. so you have Heal and revival. For yeah, for example, healing and revival together. Yeah. yeah. So those two are in the same menu. Mm. So then you don't need to have heal and revive as a separate two separate material slots. Mm. It's like they're combined. Yeah, that's also a good idea. I like that. Yeah, it's like cr- crafting your own mass material over time. Yeah, exactly. And then that would help with the limitation of the material slots. Yeah. But then also it would be that plus the counteracting of the extra party members as well yeah or also as which as are I, basically just your materia what do you what do you call that like your load you know out. what i mean you, yeah you you just load them up with like yeah load them up to get it out of your inventory <laughs> they're like your inventory <laughs> yeah um whatever you want to call it yeah you also need to level level them up so uh, switching in uh certain characters and as, as long as they or uh, have been in battle for a few seconds or landed an attack or something, they will mm-hmm. get the AP. It's like in, yeah. in Final Fantasy X, uh, you couldn't just switch in, switch in, switch in, and then all get EXP. You had to at least um, perform one action, even if it's just defend. I like that. Then it's, it counts as be, uh, having been part of the battle. 
Mm-hmm. So you need to at, at least um, maybe taking hit or dealing damage or cast the spell, just doing something to get also the AP. Then you can uh, swap in Yuffie, should it does something and swap uh, mm-hmm. back out and then yeah, it would encourage you to do that because yeah, exactly. otherwise those characters are underleveled because you're not using yeah. them in battle, maybe. Characters and the materia as well. Yeah, that's true. But then also they could have like an EXP, instead of EXP plus or EXP up materia, it could be EXP share. So that oh, if you have yeah, that equipped, the other members who you're not using still get mm. a portion of the experience. Yeah. It's not full experience but they get a portion of it but then you're using a materia slot for exp share this is, is something fine. that is in pokemon actually oh, that you okay. can you hold this item exp share so then they're all of your pokemon even if you didn't like use summon them. them into battle yeah. use them still get exp but mm. i think it's a certain percentage i don't think it's 100 percent of the exp yeah but when it's a material you can level up so it starts at let's say 20 percent and ends at 50 yeah. percent maybe yeah, just like EXP up. Yeah. Which was that crazy material that you got from the uh, Wackabot, or no, yeah, the, uh, yeah, um, that minigame from Intermission that uh, I hated yes, that I did, that I just yeah, want to hurt the person that one. developed that minigame. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the original game already had that intrinsically, like when, let's say you had Cloud Barrett and Tifa, the dream team in your in your party, and Aerith, Red 13, and catchy in uh, in the reserve and they mm-hmm. will get uh 50% exp even if they're not in battle because they're all traveling with each other but they're not active in exactly. the party so they get only mm-hmm. half of it that's that's already part of the system but here maybe they should do this uh anyway and maybe if there's a materia uh standard is then maybe 60% and then you can uh, level it up to 100% to share everything. If you have the material, the others get leveled faster. But if you don't have it, they still get experience points because they're also roaming around. Interesting. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, but I think those things that uh, we talked about do help with the, I guess, the uh, limitation of having like a lower number of slots available to mm. be unlocked for material and the gear anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. So that you're not like crazy overpowered in part three, you have like eight material slots. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think it could still work if some weapons cannot exceed a certain number and others can. Yeah. Like some get six and some only three or four, but then they have uh, crazy skills that you can unlock that make them uh, more valuable mm-hmm. but you have to sacrifice material slots for that but it, it's, yeah. this needs to be very carefully uh, balanced because of hard mode for example because then you're, you are in need of material exactly but the f- material fusion system that we talked about will help with that will help yeah if they do that so Square, Square Enix please Enix. listen to us <laughs> Some... If you're listening, you're probably not. Number one, forget about what I just said about wanting to kill the person that developed the minigame. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Number two, yeah. please listen to our ideas. Yeah. Because I feel like they would actually work. <laughs> yeah, they will. And yes, we do throw spaghetti at the wall, but uh, <laughs> some of them are still edible. And, this, uh, yeah, and, exactly. and, and this, the, the sauce, the sauce is always good. Please enjoy the sauce.
All right. Um, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. Okay, we're almost done. I have one last uh, thought. Yes, uh, there are other other games that um, provide some other um, possibilities to not quite carry over, but carry over some progress at least. So, what if each game has its completely separate balancing system, gameplay system, items, what have you? But if you transfer your your uh, save, it detects oh you have those um, material, you have those accessories. Um, armor and weapons and those you did those side quests you have done this that we give you a thousand points now use those thousand points to purchase some bonus items to get you started more mm. easily maybe maybe one or two bonus levels maybe a, a, a special weapon or i don't know some stat boosts uh yeah so many things or just a, just a, a potion pack or an elixir to start off with, or uh, if you have the materia you got before, or just a set of materia we give you to make it easier mm-hmm. in the back. Just something to make the start feel a little bit easier because you did all those things before. Mm. They're not going to do that. They're going to lock it behind a paywall. It's going to oh, be like yeah. a, pre- yeah. <laughs> a pre-order <laughs> bonus. Yeah. It's like a pre-order bonus. Like here is a pack of... Yeah, items that can give you bonuses, mm-hmm. but you're gonna pay for it. Pre-order bonus packs. <laughs> yeah, but the joke about cheap beef people need to stay far away from this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please, please don't mess with our main game. Please don't. <laughs> no, but I agree that would be nice of them to uh, to give us kind of like a bundle. Exactly. If they provide, don't provide anything to carry over especially for mm-hmm. part two which i predict will have no carryover whatsoever um yeah like give give us a little bit of of a, a a not a starting help but just something to just a little bit of a bonus to acknowledge that we we have been completionists we have been leveling up we have been uh mm-hmm. grinding uh, our our butts off for all those <laughs> materials and 5,000 AP for uh, receiving or obtaining a rise instead of just rise and and the yeah, elemental, exactly. which uh, took quite a while to level up and all those things. Yeah. We don't we don't need a uh, a Goethe Demerung, but uh, at least maybe something <laughs> would be cool. I agree. All right, guys. So that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us on this conversation. I had a lot of fun talking to you about uh, the progression transfer between parts of Final Fantasy VII Remake, Viz. Oh, same here, same here. It was so much fun to talk to you about <laughs> and get everything uh, off my chest for exactly. which I've hold, held for like three years now. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There was a lot of gibberish, but hopefully yeah. something sticks. I hope we'll so. We'll see. Hopefully not too long in the future. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully this year some trailer or some news. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So if you have any ideas for our next episode, you can write us. Our email is thereunionpodcast at gmail.com. Thereunionpodcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and join our Discord server. 
The link for the Discord server is listed in the description of each episode, so all you need to do is click on it and you'll be automatically added. Our Twitter page is at reunion underscore podcast. We do have Facebook, it's Reunion Podcast, and our YouTube channel is The Reunion Podcast. All right, Viz, did you want to go ahead and drop your socials for Cosmic Canon Observatory? Gladly. So main channel is, of course, YouTube channel, which is called Cosmo Canyon Observatory. We'll find it there. And on Twitter, we're called at CC underscore observatory. And we also have Discord server, which is linked on our Twitter page, Twitter profile, and also on YouTube page and within each uh, in the description of each video. So it's you can't really miss our Discord link. I hope to to join to join you there to talk about more about uh, everything we talked about here. Mm-hmm. All the spaghetti we thrown at the wall, which is uh, it's starting to smell a little bit, but. <laughs> That's, don't, ignore the smell, ignore the smell. It's it's good, it's good. It's fine, it's good spaghetti. Just ignore it. Um, yeah. But no, please, let's continue the conversation in, in, in our uh, Discord server of the Reunion Podcast or Cosmo Canyon Observatory. Take your pick. Absolutely. And also, you guys can comment on our videos as well on YouTube. So if you have any ideas for how, you know, uh, Square could tackle the progression transfer between parts, or maybe you think... There's not going to be any at all. That's totally fine. So tell us your opinion and what you guys think. Maybe, you know, we didn't touch on something that you thought about. So you dare to say I wasn't exhaustive enough? No, it's fine. I probably missed uh, (laughs) half of it. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right, guys. So thank you so much for tuning in today. This is Kai. I'm signing off. Take care, everyone. Visa signing off, too. Bye. Bye.